It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Ovalshorts, and tonight we've got an extra special treat for you. I have found the infamous Paranoid American. He's coming over here tonight to chat with us on some good stuff, man. A little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of UFO. Probably catch up with him on his comic books and all the other other ventures that he's got going on and stuff man i think it's going to be a fantabulous episode and it's full of surprises not only is bandit joining me but luis and caitlin will be here tonight to uh pop on in and have some good conversations so you guys go ahead and buckle on up and get ready because tonight's going to be one fun ride i think so if you if you guys aren't familiar with the paranoid american you know i'll have his links as well as any other things we talk about tonight at everyone's favorite place to get all their information unconstitutionalawakening.com your home for everything else so you guys man you can get on over there and check out anything we share from episodes you can go over there to the podcast and more section to find each episode find episodes of us on other shows as well as find some really cool stuff shared by like caitlin and bandit and everything else man you guys make sure you hop on over there and check that out and don't forget to answer the questions on the episode so that you can get you some sweet unconstitutional awaken in the podcast stickers man we're giving these things away i just can't i just can't do nothing with them i gotta give them away to you guys man what better way to do it than have you guys answer a neat little pirate riddle for me so make sure you tune in to the end of this episode to get that question so that you can get over here and answer your pirate riddle and uh get yourself something cool for free because why not free stuff's always the best stuff right while you're over there on the website, you can also give a give a gander at where you can watch us if all you do is listen, or listen if all you do is watch us, as well as just listen to the show while you're hanging out on the website. Why not? It's always something fun to do, right? You can also check out our merch store where you can find some of the more of those stickers. They've got hats, they've got shirts, like I'm always wearing, and all kinds of neat stuff, man. And it's got Unconstitutional Awakening in the podcast slapped on the front of it. So show us some support if you'd like. And get on over there and get you some sweet merch, man. It's a pretty decent price. So go on ahead and support your favorite podcast, just like we're supporting you. And, you know, we can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support that you're always giving us because you guys are the reason that this keeps going on and you guys are the whole reason we're doing this to begin with so you know spread the love man however you want to spread it 
While you're also at the website, you can check out our friends in Liberty, Kirk Elliott, Peachy Key Creations, Ammo Can Survival, Brett Pike with Classical Learner and Homeschools Connected, and Pure Pet Wellness. All these folks are offering great alternatives to the status quo of all the capitalist garbage we've been fed, force-fed, that is, in, you know, today's insane world. Because most of that crap is there for capital, you know, so that folks can make as much capital as possible whether or not it's a quality product or not but that's the difference in our friends here they're making sure you're getting quality products as well so get on over there and give all that some support man because anytime you support those folks you're totally supporting us and we greatly appreciate it man we i I can't say it enough thank you so much you know 100 and we're up to like 170 episodes with all of our specials and stuff as well so and we're doing it all just for you guys man just to help you guys wake up more or wake people up that you know more man so continue showing us some support we're going to continue showing that love whether it's free stickers or who knows what else we've got some big plans coming up so y'all make sure y'all stay tuned for that but i guess enough about us and this nonsense let's get over here and let's go chat with a paranoid american so let's weigh anchor and get and re- get ready to set sail on this guy Hi there, everyone. As I was saying in the opening there, we've got the Paranoid American with us here tonight. And I'm actually really excited for this conversation. The, the pre-conversation was getting too good for me that I was getting antsy on hitting the record button in the middle of it. Like you, If you guys haven't checked this guy out before, of course, you know, I'll have all of his links on there. And he's been doing stuff with our buddy Nate over there at The Realities Ours, too. So you guys make sure you get over there and check all that good stuff out. You guys know I'll have those links tonight with you, along with everything else we get into tonight, because... Lord knows where it's going to go. So how are you doing tonight, bud? Good, man. Ahoy. Ahoy, everyone. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. Bennett, I'm glad you joined me tonight. And props to showing up like right on time, too. You've been you've been keen on this here recently. <laughs> I do, man. So I, do. It, man. Like, I, do have, I do have problems. But uh, being a stay-at-home dad, I, can, I, I have that excuse to, hey, it's the kid's fault. <laughs> It's the kid's fault. We were we were just we were just chatting about these awesome coloring books that he has put together, and I, you know, I this is something I definitely want you guys to get over there and check out. And as somebody who does is really into comics and stuff like that, dude, I, I'm actually really intrigued about your comic that you had going on there. I, I'm I, I wasn't too familiar with that until earlier today, to be honest with you. And I was just like, Whoa, I need to, I think I need to get in on this because I love comic books and seeing one portrayed in the way of what you're working on there. I was just like, that's, it's a different realm. That's an untouched comic book realm. I think that it, um, it's intriguing because you don't meet too many, like, uh, like, are you a one man show as far as like doing the whole comic book thing? Not anymore. At this point, I don't have the time to do all of the design and illustrations and everything completely oh, solo. You did, so I though. work with uh, when I first started out, it was just my own creations that I was scanning in and then animating and after effects and doing sound effects and trying to put together entire little kind of like animation pilots and chop them around. And it just got way too unsustainable as a one man show, as you put it. Yeah, so I started just doing comic books because it felt like I could take a smaller chunk out and work on it sort of over a longer stretch of period. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of needed a storyboard to make the animation anyway. So why not just develop that storyboard a little bit more, turn it into a comic book. And I, I just fell in love with the format and I fell in love with being able to collaborate with people 
in that particular medium. So that's kind of like where it started. I was in 20, that was like 2006 when I started. And then I started my company, Paranoid American, in 2012. And it's just been nonstop making new books ever since then. Well, that's, I mean, that's that as, as somebody who has a ridiculous stack of comic books and goes to comic book conventions, dude, I build the costumes and everything like that. It's just, I've, you, you, you don't see that market of it. And it's, it's funny. I talk about that. You would think that the people that are into the comic book scene and stuff like that would be more into the realm of the conspiracy world and such but believe it or not it's quite the opposite like yeah well I, honestly we could rant about just that for this whole show but i i gotta say two things in the comic uh area specifically and you'll probably um you'll sort of be familiar with a few of these dynamics one of them that's really interesting is that comic books almost completely died in the 70s and 80s and it was the underground comics market that that kept it thriving and going and keeping those artists and cartoonists paid so at a certain point dc and marvel were going to just go kaput they weren't going to exist anymore but all these head shops just were selling these weird yes like you know they they call them underground comics with an x usually that's how you spell it c-o-m-i-x but th- this just represents this entire world of like underground comics that still exists out there, right? And it's sad because it really is the backbone of comics. The backbone wasn't these huge corporate versions that are kind of you know acceptable to Correct. the masses. And then so and the second point I wanted to throw in here is that it's not surprising because you go to these comic conventions, right? But the comic conventions are very rarely about comic books themselves. It's almost always about the TV show that's coming out. Here's a preview of the movie that's coming out and people get latched on to the videos and the video games and just the, the announcements. And it's almost all TV shows at this point. Yeah. Honestly, you go there to meet like your TV show character and the TV show might've been based on a comic book, but you don't really see as many people lining up and buying all of like the in the artist alley kind of places and just grabbing unheard of stuff. You know, everyone wants to go and get like a Spider-Man commission or a Batman commission or so. So it doesn't surprise me that people aren't as into like the underground conspiracy topics, because at this point it's the minority. So so you, a, po- a point to your thing there is, is going into these comic conventions. I Down here in Atlanta, we have one of the biggest comic conventions on the East Coast, which is Dragon Con. Right, right. And, and I actually, because they went kind of nuts over Winnie the Flu and were even up to last year still trying to get people to show passports to get into the the convention i was just like nah like i'm done with this one but because of that i found a lot of lower level comic book conventions one that those are the ones that i love the most and so much more so because of that you know you don't really have a lot of those big tv stars and stuff like that in them you have a lot more comic artists and it's a lot it's a lot more close-knit you might only be in a small office with maybe a hundred people but like it's it's so much cooler and you do get to meet guys that are working on things that you probably have never heard of in your entire life but there's there's more heart in that stuff i think than there is in getting out the next batman or getting out the next superman like you know they it's not that they're played to death but i mean come on how many times are they going to reboot all of this stuff before well, well and there's two you know, veins here something new because because those smaller comic conventions that you know don't require a passport and like a health check just to get in 
those also are typically where like your favorite artist's artist is going to be and your favorite writer's writer is going to be in those little connections yeah. and they might not be selling 10,000 books a month uh, plus, you know what I mean? They might not have that incredible success, but it's, it's like the, the same as like a comedian's crew, you know, like your favorite comics got his favorite little crew of comics and they might just be bombing at some like underground tavern somewhere, but that's where the real comedy is currently thriving and growing is, you know, in some back alley where people are working stuff out among like a close knit of friends. So I, I see that those smaller comic conventions kind of like that versus the bigger comic convention is truly like any convention you'd think of. Like if you were going to sell pool filters, right. It's sort of like the equivalent, like we've got um, uh, a whole bunch of different comic conventions all throughout Florida and the bigger ones, they tend to sort of fall into that area where if you're not just unloading tens, tens of thousands of dollars worth of shirts and licensed merchandise, then you're probably not even going to break even. And, and, you know, the, I, I, I found one of the lower level ones was actually one of the first cons I ever set foot into. And it was totally on a fluke. We were doing a guy's weekend thing. We were all going to go do whatever we got rained out. And because we got rained out, we ended up wandering into a convention center where they were hosting a real small comic book convention. And I just was like, this is great. You know, like I was like, I actually know some of these, who some of these artists are. And it was all like low, lower level stuff. And it was just like, let's hang out here for the day and see how it goes. And I ended up going back the following year and the following year after that. And until that one ended, actually, I, I kept going to that one. And that was up in South Carolina. And then I just keep, you know, I, I kept finding other ones around here and stuff too. You know, I did, did the Dragon Con thing. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the experience is something I don't think there's anything else that you could ever experience unless you get the chance to experience. And, you know, just like with everything, eventually time will pass and Dragon Con will probably be like it used to be just the streets of Atlanta being a party for a week and a half, not straight (laughs) where you can just roam the streets. As long as you're behind the bar, you can just roam the streets and, you know, kind of just do what you want and get away with it. And it's, Especially it's, if you're cosplaying. If you're cosplaying, you can get away with things that like your normal civilian wouldn't be able to get away with. And and I and and I fell in love with that just screwing around. You know, the, my first <laughs> the first costume I made, I put cardboard boxes together and showed up as Awesomeo from South Park. <laughs> and awesome. and everybody fell in love with it. And I was just like, I can go with this. And I've I've built some pretty elaborate Deadpool crossovers. And ever since I shaved my head, I've been working on doing like you did that for most of the month of october but if you go back show, to the entire month of october you can see a lot of my he dressed up showcase. in almost in a new costume every show that we did in october oh, he I dressed up in a new costume <laughs> and, and it was his co- his crossover that he did for beetlejuice and deadpool was probably one of the coolest and then I've been rocking for the past couple of years, uh, Dr. Robotnik. My, my boy is really into Sonic the Hedgehog. And okay, I can see it. So I've been rocking. I went, I've got the big blue glasses and get the extra mustache. You get like a big, like spherical shell to like put I, a little I, shirt over. I've, I have kind of messed a few things together and I, I do a mixture of one of the animated shows and then I'm kind of Jim Carrey size one. So, I mean, I'm a littler guy okay. one, but I've got, I've got, you know, that's what I've kind of kept together because I'm like, oh, I can reuse that one a few times. And I recently did uh, Batman the Animated Series version of Mr. Freeze, which was really elaborate and took some time because I had to build the dome for over my head and everything. And everybody's like, how are, how are you going to pull this off? And way I, better and than it, way better than Schwarzenegger's freeze. <laughs> and but, you know, I mean, all that stuff, all that stuff's really, really fun to really fun to get into. And I think 
when you know you keep mentioning like the underground stuff and that's i've always been a fan of more underground stuff like i have a lot of those comics like that you know just stuff that people have never you wouldn't even you're like where what even is this and it's it's good to find that stuff like that and those niche things like that because kind of like you said the people that are the making the millions of dollars off of it they these are the guys that are probably they're that they're fans of like that they looked into and that they seen and that kind of inspired them to get into these things and i think and different... to be frank the like those underground comics we're talking about are not as commercially viable right they're they're not mm -hmm. going to put it on the front of like a lucky oh no 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 they could never make a movie right. about it because <laughs> everybody would look at that and go who yeah, whoever signs on for it would just be canceled for even considering the, the script at that point. And what's so sad, though, is a vast majority of young kids today, the only comic characters they can name were in the Marvel movies sure. that have just come out or the DC movies that have just come out. Those are the only comic characters that they are familiar with. And that's something that that's I've been, it. That's something else I've been kind of taking uh, there's a subject matter I've been taking to heart a lot here recently, which I keep bringing up frequently, is how they have been replacing all of the redheaded characters, <laughs> comics across, like across the board when it, especially when it comes to the corporate comics and stuff. But like they're, they are erasing ginger characters and either making them of a different race of a different gender of a different everything altogether, and it's just like wait a minute wait a minute we can vibe, we can vibe on that because I, I think there's all sorts of esoteric meaning behind that to be honest i think it's... that because red redheads in general represent a rarity um I don't, I don't know if it's like a purity thing or if it's just like some kind of a special bloodline but it's absolutely a rarity um objectively right but i think that there's some research and I'm I'm big into like mind control MK Ultra type research, so this it dovetails into that. But I really think that there's a correlation between redheads and the ability to um, sort of survive. Typically, what would send normal people into a schizophrenic behavior, or even send someone over the edge. So there's something about schizophrenia and dementia and and dementia precox connected with redheads, and I think that there might be a reason why. I guess the industry leaders want to maintain the scarcity and the rarity of redheads in general. And that even includes media consumption. So by removing this like rare element, it's almost like by uh, giving a higher value to it, right? They're taking it out of circulation and just raising sort of the value of it because they realize that there's something to it. And I'm, I'm being really vague about it because it's a million different rabbit holes. You can go down to sure. explain why and when and all these Sure, sure. You know, and and it's it's. I just I, I found it an interest. You know, I I make a joke frequently because I, there's a lot of red in my beard, but I've got like golden blonde hair when it is actually grown and not shaved off, and so I make the joke about being a daywalker all the time. And I'm like, I kind of take this to heart because there's a lot of these classic characters that like, you know, I I was. I grew up enjoying their backstory and stuff, you know, seeing, seeing especially a lot of red hair in my family and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, this is cool. Like I can relate this to me. And now they're doing a really good job at trying to erase that. And especially with like to back to what bandit was saying about nobody knowing these characters. Like when, when they do go to finally find these characters, they're like, well, this, 
this isn't the character I was looking for. You know, yeah, this saying? is the one that I personally identified with for yeah. 10 years of my childhood. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to see that everybody screams like, Oh, you know, here's, here's this minority and this, they're getting being treated like this. And I, I for one see the redheaded community as a minority for the longest time. They were, <laughs> They yes. still were treated as such. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, you mentioned South Park, right? Like South Park pulls no punches on gingers and general, right? And every yeah. other thing that would make anyone stand out. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's 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 where I, I you know, I even kind of, man, I'll reference South Park all the time, like because there's just they. You're right <laughs> about the pull no punches there. Like they've done a really good job at making sure they cover all the basis when they go to make fun of people. We, we take that to heart too, you know, here as well, because we're just like, Hey, let's, you, I think if you're going to point out faults in systems, you got to be the guy to make sure you're going to point out faults in all the systems, not just the, you know, the ones that everybody are usually paying attention to. Like I'll, I'm, I, people are like, Oh, left, right. And I'm like, Nope, left, right. Not even center. Like I'll make fun of them too. Like there's just, there's just too much going on, I think, in a lot of that aspect. And, you know, you, I, I heard you relating back into like the esoteric idea of things and stuff. And like, I, I relate back into that big time. You know, I try to, I try to explain to people a lot of times that all those different religious texts kind of say the same thing. They've just been polluted through man through different ways and everything. But it, as somebody who's studied a lot of them, you see a lot of that esotericism, especially when you study them from an esotericism esoteristic point um you know you see a lot of the similarities and see what they're using and stuff like that i guess in the aspect of how they're using the magic for bad instead of using the same things that they could be using to uplift us as i guess as a whole as humanity and such oh i think that might and this is controversial you know in some circles but i think that that's kind of the difference between the esoteric and the exoteric where the s it's and it's it's sort of this dichotomy because if you engage in the esoteric and learn more about it then in some communities it's almost like you are you know promoting the use of esotericism and therefore uh prefer lies over truth and light you know darkness over light and yada 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 but I, the way that I look at it, and again, like left, right, center, everyone's got a point, but also everyone's wrong and everyone's a hypocrite. But the way that I see it is that the exoteric, meaning the outside, superficial, surface level understanding of things, mm -hmm. that's the easiest part to use to control people. So if the only thing that you ever care about is the exoteric and what something looks like on the surface, then you're just going to get like what the common knowledge sort of culture says that this thing is because the surface is you know interpreted by the culture that you're in the esoteric is the thing that you're studying that's like on the inside and that's hidden and that it's obscured from the light and it's not that like you want to live in the darkness and you just want to like learn things in secret and not share them but it's that this information has to be hidden from that exoteric because it's always going to be used to, you know, manipulate people always sure. like the surface sure. is always going to be used for that meaning. So therefore the real true meanings of things have to be kind of buried deep inside. And I would almost say encoded. I think encoded is a much better word than saying like hidden, um, but it's kind of the same thing. But now you can have this, this uh, ball. And I, I've referred to like the Bible, for example, imagine it's like a living library that that's at some point in history, thousands of years ago, someone realized, oh, 
every time a culture invades another culture and they take over all the cities, the first thing they do is they burn down all the libraries and get rid of all the written records so these people have no culture to harken back to. But this Bible turns into this mutating, morphing thing that has traces of Semitic culture and Babylonian culture and just every culture, you know, since then. And so this Bible turns into like this living library that can't be burnt because it exists in so many different formats and interpretations and in people's minds. So now it's like, well, if I can have influence over what goes into this book or how this book is interpreted, now that sort of becomes this focus. So when I say encoded, there's smart, you know, smarter people than anyone that we'll probably ever talk to maybe. But they realize, oh, there's a way that I can take this really valuable information and bake it into this book, but then give it like a nice story so that it meets the exoteric sort of requirements for people to accept it and love it and party at the same time. This is why you've got like the birthday of the different saviors kind of sharing. This is all the exoteric stuff. And then the esoteric is like, oh, I just combine all these people into one amalgamation. And that's the thing that all of these other weird things um, are celebrated for. Oh no, absolutely. Me and me and Bandit were talking about some stuff last night, and I was I, I was probably a little stoned, but I got onto the <laughs> trip of if if there's anything at all, physically at all, that anybody here in existence can look at as a god with a capital G, it's Earth in general. It it gives life. It takes life. It's a. I'd, I'd one up this one. And, and that I, I think it might be mushrooms. I I, think. Oh, oh, no, no, oh, oh, like we've, earth, dude, we've, we've touched we, on this okay. <laughs> subject before. Yeah, as far no, as I think, like, I think the mushrooms have a lot to do with it too. Like we're, oh man, we. I think they're our god. I think that mushrooms created humans in order to spread spores, and we are just oh, simply. Are we going to like, sla- like cor- when and types of mushrooms? We don't want cordyceps to spread via humans we don't want the cordyceps mushroom to spread via humans because we don't want the real life the last (laughs) of us okay okay (laughs) but yeah i I feel like like the there's a war of like nature versus technology that's been going on forever it's you know modern versus old and moving out with the pagans and with this but i think that you could almost point this back to again we're getting like comic book sort of esoteric land but like Zachariah Sitchin, right? So there might be reptilians that see humans as their slave force to mine gold and to be controlled through technology and vibrations and frequencies and finely tuned, you know, requirements. And then on the other end, you've got this organic, amorphous, like Borg-like, you know, single entity of mycelium that represents most of the mushrooms on the planet. And like these two entities might kind of be fighting over who humans are the slaves of the most. (laughs) So like our affinity might be more towards nature because that's kind of what created us. Um, But we are very easily lulled by things that appeal to our reptilian brain and things that appeal to us through technology and things that separate us from this like organic mushroom world. So I think we might be like there's two overlords fighting over who we get to be slaves to. If Luis, if Luis was here, you know, me and him have talked a lot about how a lot of your old, you know, your stories of people talking to angels and talking to gods and stuff like, bro, that's 
it's mushrooms, you know what I mean? Like there's mushrooms and other, other hallucinogens <laughs> throughout history. Yeah, because you have different parts that have used different things and stuff like that, but there's all, it, it all resorts back into some kind of nature fungus or nature chemical or something like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nature kind of guy myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I promote into like the homesteading and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I, I believe we do better off being tied back to home than we are going away. You know, we did, this make this makes me think of Neptune because if Neptune was here, he'd probably making some kind of you know, uncle Ted comment you know, right now about technology being bad. <laughs> and, and, and it's just, it's, you know, I see the pros and cons of both. I see the double-edged sword of the internet and stuff. And I heard you make mention of like MK ultra earlier and stuff. And I'm, I've oh man, I'm I'm the guy that's like, you know, that's propaganda. That's propaganda. That's you know, that's propaganda. When when I'm seeing And you're right, you're right. Every time you say that, you're gonna be right. <laughs> and and you know, especially recently with the big thing in the news and all of the sudden we're shooting down UFOs, and I'm just like I'm just like, wait, can we can we pump the brakes oh. for a minute, guys? Like, listen, like I'm 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 always I'm one for yeah, there's something out there, but I'm also the guy that's going, wait a minute, the same people that are losing everything right now because the internet's proving that they're all a bunch of thieves and liars. They overplayed their hand they for COVID. their hand, and now they're scrambling and suddenly can, can suddenly, they have the ability to shoot down technology that they claim would be able to come here from somewhere else, like... Anyway, can we go back to what we were doing? They're still searching that, for right? that one thing that's supposed to unite and divide everybody. Sure. Uh, and yeah. that they keep feeling around for it. So the first time it's like social social issues. The next time around it turns into medical issues. And then this third time it might turn into kind of extraterrestrial. Maybe this extraterrestrial threat will cause some sort of push towards, you know, an acceptance toward a new world order or... I mean that's that's kind of the the regular sales line for this, but I actually have another. <laughs> I like to invert this, so maybe Project Bluebeam is the government intentionally playing the government who cried wolf. So they keep saying, "Oh, it was a, it was UFO, it was an alien, it was this," to get people to to next time they say, "Hey, there's a UFO abduction," people will just be like, "Ah, it's probably just another Chinese weather balloon or just more propaganda in order to cover up an actual <laughs> alien invasion." Sure. Sure. That could, yeah, I I could see that more because if the if this is Project Bluebeam, this is pretty freaking lame. <laughs> you know, this is lame. Yeah. I was promised holograms, right? right. <laughs> I was promised well, revelations and a savior and you, everything. What was it? A couple of years ago? Was it a couple of years ago? Was it like two or three years ago? Where do you remember the holographic projections that they put onto the Seattle Space Needle? Uh, I've, what about I don't in Japan? Remember those in particular? I've seen a bunch of these before, though. They they do them in a lot of metropolitan areas for special events. Oh, it was no, it was wild on the Seattle Space Needle, man. Like it was really wild. What, what was it had like a certain motif to it? Yeah, like a flying saucer. <laughs> yeah. It's but almost it was, like uh, like Denver International leaning into the Blucifer and like the reptilian oh overlord God. thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about with the with the being extra with all of their. Uh, 
when you see everything going on right now, you can't help but feel, you know, that it, they're, it's just they're finished, you know? They really, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, wow, that's, that's what, incredible. Yeah. You got, you can't help but look at this and go, man, they're finished, man. I mean, they just like, they're trying they, everything they, they can. Their hands, and it just yeah. seems like it's they're sputtering out right now, you know. Which here, here's the thing, good man. thing, well, maybe, but uh, I'm a little, I can be a, a cynic too, uh, and positive, you know, like play all three sides because all three sides are wrong and right. Exa- but, yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my devil's advocate version of this is that as as a three of us grow and get older and recognize these things, and it's like, ah, oh, the jig is up, you know, they've they've played their hand. For every one of us that's saying they've played their hand, there's an eight-year-old that doesn't even understand a world outside of uh, Winnie the Flu and you know and 9/11 and all these other things that that we're like, oh, I know that this is all BS because before it was like this, and afterwards the only thing that happened was like we just have less freedoms or less right. Like that whole entire dynamic is lost on the new generation coming up, and all they un- ever understood was a phone that always tracked them a social credit score by any other name through likes and dislikes and comments and things like this. So as we're like shaking our fist at the sky, right? Old Abe Simpson, um, like, Oh, the the jig is up. You guys, it's like, it's not because all of the people behind you that we're forgetting that are just starting to like their skulls are just starting to get hard enough to where you won't cause permanent brain damage. If you like fall down. Right. As soon as that finishes developing, they're already like, yeah, okay, whatever, Boomer. So, so like that disconnect is being planted intentionally, I would argue, but sure. done in such a good way that they don't even care when people wake up. They don't care that you figured things out at 30 because they've got the, their audience locked in by the time they're six or seven already. Like they're already glued to whatever cultural phenomenon they want them to be glued to. Like the programming is in, they know the formulas, they're tried and true. Yeah, All they do now is just hit the button over and over, and, yeah. and that's and I, that's why I'm very just restart the game, <laughs> and and the yeah. promotion of like the the homeschool aspect and such like that. You know, there's a you, you see a big difference. You know, we've talked a lot about how so many people have walked away from the indoctrination camps in the past few years for other options because of because of actually seeing it, you know, I know it's not a hundred percent, but this goes into something me and bandit talk about, I think a lot. And we're always like the, the, the whole, it's going to split like Flintstones Jetsons, you know, like they took, they took place place at the same time. And like, I really think that there's going to be people like myself that'll probably be outside with sticks and stones and homemade bullets and stuff like that. And those are going to be the people that decided they, wanted to move forward with their crickets and pods and and their super cities and stuff like that. And, you know, sure, maybe eventually is something like us going to pose a threat to them, maybe, but I think they're going to be, and this is a positive, I guess, outlook of it for me, but I think that maybe they're going to be trying to keep people like Luis trapped in New York and not so much worried about me in my cave on the side of the... You know, on the side of the river somewhere. They Louise, want me I'm trapped in finally, here. I'm, I'm glad you finally were able to join us this evening. I I am so 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 sorry. <laughs> I was in a great conversation, then I lost time. You know how that can happen. It's quite all right. We were we were we were discussing our favorite Flintstones and Jetson split. You know, the the good. Old oh well, before that, it was a 
exoteric, esoteric comic book conversation. It was, it was good things, bro. But it's okay. I'm glad you've made it in now. It's it's good good that you're here this evening. And and Miss Paranoid American, this is Luis. This is one of our other mini co-hosts that's over here. The beards are the beards are looking great, man. The beards are looking great. Yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed into this call without a beard, apparently. Yeah, this is it, the beards are great. It, it it it's a it's it's a frequent thing going on around here. I think we've got the beard the beard market covered when it comes to podcasting because we've when, we've hit the quota. We 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 like to have the good the good beards around town. I'm do you, do do you know be, being a beard is a term that I didn't discover until I was twenty six. Do oh, you yeah. know what being a beard for someone is? What's being a beard for someone? So being a beard is, for example when women marry gay men so they appear to be straight really yeah it's like a like a front <laughs> like the, the beard is like your an american your, uh, slang describing... she is the beard she is the beard is the joke oh wow hold on yeah, yeah. actually i got it pulled up oh, i didn't know that I, th- I thought the beard just referred to like the relationship in general no, well, it means that the female is a representation of you being masculine to the rest of the world. That's quite, it says it's an American slang term describing a person used knowingly or unknowingly as a date or romantic partner, boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse to either conceal infidelity or conceal one's sexual orientation. Infidelity, interesting, but yeah, generally my my understanding was related to sexual orientation to to all alternately show, oh, I am that spectrum that you want me to follow, whatever the spectrum that they want to fit in, be it whatever. Well, we've got four times the spectrum right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're 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 at four G. We're about to be five G. <laughs> oh. We've got a non-beard showing up. Wait, what? <laughs> oh wow, we have another one of my co-hosts showing up. This is fantastic. This is good. This is a good evening. I love it when extra faces show up. Caitlin, thank you for joining Hi. us. Good to see you. Good to see y'all too. Sorry, I'm late. It's it's quite all right. It's I you know I'm, I give I used to give Bandit a bunch of crap, so I shouldn't be letting you guys slide, but. You know, I'm I'm actually glad that you guys joined me. It's good to see everybody's faces. Nah, my 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 lack of showing up on time more than overshadows there's not there <laughs> showing up on time. So. This is true. This is this this is this is entirely true. And, and and you truly never know what's going on around here because I, I, I usually tell guests and I apologize for not clarifying with you, but I usually tell guests that you never really know some of my co hosts show up, some of them don't show up. Sometimes they'll show up. 30 minutes or later in, I've had Kel show up on me in the last 20 minutes of one before, and I'm just like... And drop right, some man, gems like, in, the, in the middle of it, so it works. Right. Yeah, you know, and it's... it's. Yeah. I, 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 I found a method in this chaos that seems to work. Like, everybody's... I, I've yet to have somebody come back and say, man, I didn't have fun with these dudes, because you never know where it's going with this stuff because it just gets I mean, you, you can't control the ocean right so i mean yeah. if, if we're all pirates here then you just got to go with the flow right. <laughs> well you know i was uh, you got you guys missed me bringing up you know the how the i think the government our guest is to being do. more piratey than us he really is <laughs> he really is he, he he totally needs a hat i think it would be the perfect fit to yeah if i had known man i at least would have put an eye patch on or something 
And you can switch it for, for, for battle. You can, when you go downstairs, you can switch it. <laughs> so so in, uh, in other news, have you guys been seeing anything? Have you guys seen all the excitement going on up there with the uh, railroad tracks in Ohio? Like, that's one of them things that I don't see. I mean, I've been seeing quite a bit about it now that you everybody's bringing attention to it. But that was yeah, everybody's getting a chemistry lesson. That's what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. But what which, is, which is good. Good people are like, so what is vinyl chloride turn into? Well, all of these things. And everybody's like, holy shit. <laughs> what, sh- what should be most concerning, though, is that it's not in, it's not in national news. That's what's concerning. What? That's what's what concerning. Happened? I have behind my house, about 100 meters behind my house, is one of the largest Norfolk Southern switchyards in the state of Kentucky. Oh, that's fun. That's fun, man. But um, see, it, it really is not. I mean, you had the the the, transp- the the secretary of transportation just gave a brief and did not once mention. Did not once mention uh, the accident in Ohio. Did you hear how the railroad and, people were like, oh, don't worry, it's OK. You can you can go back to. You know, go back home and go back to doing whatever. It's it's not as bad as you thought it was. There's what they were trying to say right off the bat. I mean, what would be the actual advantage to admitting how horrible this is? Uh, well, from is- what I've read, and I'm not an expert. There's this say that right off the bat. I'm not an expert, but I came across this guy had compiled this data of every, almost everything you would need to know. And it's and it's not looking. I mean, the immediate effects are going to be pretty profound. But from what's been gathered, there's not going to be any detrimental long-term hazards. So, so they say. <laughs> so they say. I mean. I mean, I mean, uh, I guarantee, though, in in 20 years, you're going to wake up to one of those or your phone will be like, you know, if you you were exposed (laughs) to polyurethane or folk trail derailment, please contact this number so you can be part of our class action lawsuit. It'll be it'll be Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan at that point (laughs) in 2057. Now, now, what's the need cash now? What 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 you went worth? It'll still be J.G. Wentworth. It won't be. What's the odds they're not trying to bring attention to the story? Because when it does form acid rain, they're uh, they're going to try to use that as some more of this UFO nonsense that they're falling at. The the crazy part was, did you guys see that uh, a journalist was arrested? Yeah. And yeah. And beat apparently by the he was uh, hit by. So they this wasn't this was when it just happened. So right when it just happened, the journalist came was asking questions, you know, as a journalist would. And because he wasn't going to comply and leaving the room, they forced him out badly. I mean, he's uh, he sue the fuck out of all these people, including the government, for ever yeah. even daring to touch him for asking questions. About something really serious. And this comes right after the railroad strike, which. Biden bowed down. Yeah. Sucky, sucky, the corporate clung. Uh, and, you know, didn't do anything. 
even no, though the and- government can force them to do it. The, the, this happened because of the central the, the central government's ineffectiveness to push regulations that would have created the adequate safety precautions. Yeah, probably would have never happened. So you're not running train crews, you know, tw- 24 hours, 36, right, 24 hours. hours. Yeah. 48 hours, you know, it, in a row. Wow. What did you want? You want more money, better health care and more paid off days. Yeah. Is that too, wow. that's not too much to ask Considering, for? Especially when you consider none of, none of these people are making six figures to begin with. So what were they asking for? That was so outrageous and ridiculous. You know, too, though, I don't know if anyone here has ever had a job where like they didn't want you. Um, they didn't want to fire you. They just wanted to make it like so uninhabitable. Oh, no, that you just no, leave you quit yeah. and they're done that. that man. I feel <laughs> yeah, sure no one knows what that feels like on this call, but but I feel like that's very easy thing to push industry the, well, wide. You just push so, it through called the military. Well, that's, well, but the the difference you though, can't get unemployment. The, the military is, is a little bit different though, because it's at least a guaranteed job. As long as you meet like physical criteria, if you just meet like an objective physical criteria, you have a job and they pay you until something happens to you. But for every oh, wow. other industry, they could easily just wipe it out with automation or with computers or something. Oh. And it's almost like they're just asking for a, a major uprising, you know, because they can't send in the the sort of union busters and like actually oh, bust kneecaps. That's anymore. coming. They, they dude. would love to, but well, the I think major they can just, uprising is, is, is imminent now, but they don't need to break kneecaps so they can just poison you and just hurt and just kill you through workplace hazards that you basically mm-hmm. find yourself into through neglect or, anything else like now all of a sudden these same violence right you still get maimed you still die you still get poisoned but it's mm-hmm. not a person doing it to you it's your job itself doing it to you and then when it gets too much for the industry to bear to add these regulations or so they'll say and it's like sorry you know we, we can't do anything about it we just have to put a robot in this position because a robot won't die or get poisoned but it's really because they just want you out of that position because they need something that'll just work 24 hours of the day and not take a break. We are so, we are not really, I, I can see that in, in the, in the future, but automation now can only replace like, well, they can clean toilets now. Yeah. They can can flip your burgers and drop your fries into the hot oil. I mean, and mechanized, you know, like chicken uh, processing plants where literally like from the from the live chicken to the chicken nugget, the whole thing oh, is an I automated. Mean, that was never fully automated. I hated they mm-hmm. ever used that title. They still humans still cook all the food. All they automated was the delivery. That's it. So it was fake. They should have never wrote fully automated. They don't really need to like the the humans don't necessarily have to as soon as they find the right way to kind of just filter these things out, filter out all of the extra plumage. The answer is we already so they they figured it out. So they trained the robot that that was cleaning the bathrooms in a VR simulation. So what they did was just do the actions for the robot in VR and then the robot just repeats the actions the human instructed the machine in the accomplishment of the task. So they map the the environment and then they become the robot and then they execute on the outcomes based on different iterations 
in different so you're, interactions. You're working from home, but you're literally cleaning oh, no. out like the bathrooms of. No, like, I've got two. I've got something to add to that. Yeah, yeah. There is a restaurant in Japan where uh, disabled people, like paralyzed people from like the neck and waist down, um. can operate robotic servers to deliver food to tables and stuff that's now that's cool that is cool but then there is somewhere somebody's gonna have to look it up but somebody's gonna have to look it up it's here in the states i think uh grocery stores big big box stores are experimenting with like automation uh one had a robot that would detect a mess on the floor <laughs> go to the mess and ring a siren signaling like a wage wage employee to come clean that mess up I, the I, manager I, it's the manager the, already. yeah the <laughs> robot would constantly run into shit and knock stuff over and then stand there and shriek a siren to come have a wave. It's, it's every middle manager I've ever had in any job. They they come in, they screw something up, and they're yes. like, "Fix this." So, so, oh, so you know, do you know what? You ever heard of Zappos, the the food the shoe company? Yes. They don't have managers. No, they don't. Mm-mm. Look up Zappos doesn't have managers. It's interesting. How they just. I feel like that there's just like a semantic game being played there because there's always some sort of hierarchy. Some, somebody's got to yeah. be the leader. I mean, someone's well, someone's putting their name on the end of the paycheck, right? Yes, but the thing is, there's no middle management. Mm. It's all based yeah. off different teams executing different tasks. That That's not a bad. Well, so then you've got a team leader instead of a team manager. Or how about like? But it, it operates differently, and you know that. That's cities a experimenting with an automated robot uh, for like mm-hmm. the police departments that would like you would signal for the robot if something was happening, and then they had one where the robot actually just like told the person to go away, and the robot sped off singing a song. You know. So the the, the idea behind yeah. is it's more about self. So. You have to have competent employees. <laughs> this yeah. is part of this system is that you have to have more competency because that's there's more self-governance involved. I just got to say, I, I went to the Zappos uh, career page and the number one position they're hiring for right now is a senior manager. Well, they might have changed since that article was written. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's mostly managers that they're hiring, so maybe they walk that back. <laughs> senior account manager, executive manager, yeah, be- senior manager. Yeah, because that article is from 2013, so it's so something uh, failed along the way. Well, this is the thing. The corporate ethos must, must, might have changed because the leader of the company left. So there's that. And oh, yeah, I mean, all it takes is one guy to leave the board, and all of a sudden, the entire structure of the company changes. Yeah. And, and that, that might have been it. And they failed. So the company worked before because if you train the people you work with and you give them a foundation of self-reliance, you create a powerful team that does yes. not need consistent I, adulting, which is I, what I, some managers are. It's just like, well, hi, I'm in the adult in the room because you're not doing your fucking job. I ran. I, 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 
I've got our government a, needs some adulting. In, oh yeah, in, our government in, needs a lot of adulting. In my past, I've, I've they run, do too much adulter adultery. I've run a few restaurants <laughs> as a general manager. One in particular, um, I did multiple years at Zaxby's, and even opened up their like 500th store for them and stuff like that. And it, what you're saying there, like people used to ask me, well, how do you, of all the Zaxby's in the entire country, have the number one store? And I'm just like, because it's not me babysitting a bunch of employees here. I've personally yeah. trained every person that's inside this place. And this place runs like a family. Hell, when the doors close, most of the folks are sitting on my back porch at the end of the night. You know, I was in my younger 20s. And it was it it was such a more of a family oriented type place. That that's why we had that's why we made our numbers and we did our stuff like that. Like we we got all these extra bonuses and stuff through our, cause we were a franchise we like through our franchise stuff and like whatnot, because, you know, I figured out that the name of the game was don't hire just any idiot off the road. You know, you've actually got to kind of vet mm -hmm. and train people to do things. I, a great example I always had was I had gone on vacation. I took a two week vacation and I'm not one to take vacation, but they finally forced me to take my vacation. And during my vacation, they hired this young lady that I had told no to 16 times during open interviews. And I, I, she just gave me that vibe. And within three days of me being back, I had to watch my assistant manager fire the chick because she was just, she had been written up that many times, like within the first week of actually working. And I was just like, this is why I didn't want you to hire her. Like there's, you can tell if you're going to have somebody that's going to click well and work and do their part of the system if you're trying to do something like this, you know, and, and, and that totally makes sense as, you know, moving forward, when I went to like more mom and pop owned restaurants and was running the kitchen and places like that, you see a lot more of that family oriented mm -hmm. in those mom and pop kitchens than you do in any of the corporate kitchens that yeah. I had ever been in aside from ones that I had ran. And, yeah, and I think I that has like a lot to do I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, like a like when you're in that mom and pop kitchen and you're the only other cook that's in that part of the kitchen, aside mm -hmm. from the other shift, you know, you learn what to do, what not to do, how everything works and how to work together for a common goal. And you goal. pick it up quickly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot it's, bigger. It, it, that's why I think you see a lot of. A good example is like there's this I know of the I know of this little pizza joint like there's just a mom and pop pizza joint and it's probably had the same dude behind the kitchen tossing pizzas mm -hmm. since he was in high school you know what I'm saying and he's he's an adult yeah. now but he's still doing it because they take care of him because it's not that you're just a number kind of area like most corporations treat everybody right. you know I mean that's something I can't reiterate enough like Walmart will replace you like. They don't care if you die inside their store. Mm -hmm. they, they're going to collect your life insurance policy that they took and, out on and you, you can't, all. Oh, yeah. You, can't <laughs> you mentioned that. Can I, you mention I, that again? I don't know if we were talking on a recording. I about brought that, that up uh, a few episodes ago where that was the sole reason of Walmart hiring you, their elderly greeters and their elderly workers was that they were unknowingly having um, like life life insurance policies taken out on them by walmart and then they would die 
and Walmart would collect the life insurance policy and they made billions of dollars before they they were found out. They put millions in insurance. And and guess what? Eventually, those families are going to find those policies and they're going to get that money because that money should have never gone to Walmart and Walmart. It should come out straight out of a wall. It's already they've already had lawsuits. Oh, no. And I hope they win all of them because it should literally come right out of Walton wallet. I mean, the Walton wallet is the size of New York City. So, you know, anybody going to grab something, they'll never even feel it. I mean, the Waltons together are worth over three hundred and fifty billion plus mm-hmm. over three hundred and fifty billion. I'm, I'm, I'm underestimating. It's probably over four hundred billion. Just the Walton family. Yeah, they, they are flooded. So now they have a financial incentive. (laughs) Yeah, I think I am going back into the medical field. I have an interview tomorrow. I'm sorry. I think think it's a very profitable field. It is. Money's great. I just hate watching people die. (laughs) That sucks. I I did a gig as... uh, as the as a janitor and a nursing home in Buffalo, New York, and now that, that's the job you want in a nursing home. <laughs> that was that was an interesting time that I was there. The the one plus side is the one of the residents that I cleaned her room for on a daily basis was the mother of the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls, and Hello. so he would he would come in there from time to time to visit his mom and was actually like a really <laughs> nice guy. Like it wasn't he didn't yeah. act like any kind of star or anything like that didn't you know wasn't like a fan out or nothing it was just he was pretty down to earth and would come in there and hang out and chat with him and his mom and and the random yeah. janitor dude over there in the corner sweeping up everybody's shit no i mean i gotta say that when it comes to the you learn when it comes to doing in that when you're just the janitor guy you don't it's it's actually the nurse's job to clean up anything disgusting you you're, you're not mm-hmm. responsible it is uh they don't want what you to our die. Job was, yeah, what our job was, we would have to get the big stuff off the floor. If it couldn't be cleaned up with a mop and spray, uh, we had to get it up. And then the housekeeper to get the rest. Well, that's actually <laughs> going to be a big thing in Japan when soon 60% of the population will be the elderly. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, the right now the pyramid in, in Japan is already inverted. So they don't know how they're going to take care of the elderly. So they're depending on robotics because they cannot depend on human labor. Even if they import it, they can't depend on it. So Japan's going to go through a lot soon as they invert their economy. I mean, we're actually following in Japan's policies. A travel nurse to Japan would make a lot of money. You had to depend oh, wow. on technology to keep you alive, though. Uh, I would argue. I mean, that don't Japan's we already? Japan's probably. Well, I'd say Japan's probably one of the better countries to go through that in. Like, you wouldn't want to be in like, uh, you know, anywhere in Russia and be like, oh yeah, my, my life depends on the advancements and robotics and technology. You but, wouldn't even want to be here I, in the U.S. Well, no. yeah, I, I didn't mention the U.S. <laughs> yeah. either. Yeah. We well, would just be importing it from Japan for a lot of it. We that's hope. A, we that's hope that's where we would get it. We we could in the next few years, if if we really work to invert re, uh, the economy, 
into our favor. Once this impending collapse starts to really collapse, I think it'll finally open ev- ev- like the majority's eyes into the lies and deceptions that we've been all subject to throughout our entire lives as human beings on this earth and on this uh, in this country that other people can see it sometimes from the outside but it takes an outside perspective and it also takes an understanding of geopolitics to even understand half of these shit what's going on so it, it takes a lot to understand how reality really is and then it takes believing that certain things you were told were always lies for power and just for power just read look at all the books we read look at all the history we were taught how much of that was wrong what it's you crazy. hope what you really so, hope is that during this impending collapse you hope it gets to a spot where the grifters don't take over either that's the other where, problem the where it where we can correct it you don't you hope it doesn't you know fall completely through the floor it happened you, it happened when, when the American Revolution happened, that, ki- uh, that kind of inversion that kind of occurred. You hope that we can... Uh, it, it was way correct worse. <laughs> itself. Yeah, you hope that it'll correct itself and that it won't fall completely through but the But the, uh, the American Revolution, though, was typically a secret society of elites and aristocrats that pulled that off. It was not a global populist uprising. They, they rode the sentiment, but it was a secret group of managers that got together mm-hmm. and sort of manage the things throughout other but that's the thing is going to be a whole new well at the end of the day there's still going to be leadership right Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a leadership probably more built from the populace now how that comes about without it being like a communistic level like bolshevik revolution type which we don't want that either right we but the reality is we're so we're close to something like communism but we're not there yet so we can't touch that yet because the only way something like communism would operate in a way that it would be healthy is if computers were running society in an Um, unbiased way maybe although the i would argue that the original fault of most communism is to not take the human element into account and realize that when someone figures out they can game the system or if they can well that's what i mean or hack something the, the machine the machine would would but the machine would have to know that there's some humans out there that would try to like hack the machine and then now what you're going to do is now the machine needs to know how to defend itself against humans that's the thing (laughs) are we talking about skynet yeah we got to build skynet man we got to build it (laughs) that's it that's what remember the jetsons and the flintstones you guys started with that right well Mm -hmm. we got it we got to still build the Jetsons reality and to be able to create that Flintstones reality. Look at the nightmare that they're putting the (laughs) population through with those 15 minute cities. What's a 15 minute city? Oh, all right. Oh, now they're selling it. Like it's all conspiracy theorists complaining. Oh, no, no, they have heard about people in those cities. Blocked off the the streets are blocked off in such a way sometimes that ambulances can't get through and people are dying. Imagine a piece of pie, okay? Imagine your city sliced up into pieces of pie in such a way that you have everything you need within your slice of pie, okay? And you cannot travel more than 15 minutes. Is it 15 minutes outside of your piece of pie? 
without a travel permit or a very good reason, even to see family. So they have started in. So this is like Europe during the lockdowns, essentially. Like London, yeah, during the much worse, much worse. Like they are, yeah. Ox, I think Oxford is where they. I think Oxford is where this originated. Like that is the the <laughs> test run. This is like and the th- ideal scenario if you're playing like a Sim City. It's just like yeah, no, one, and I think, no one leave this block. <laughs> and I think Luis mentioned that they are walking it back because it's such an absolute failure right now. Well, the worst part about it is that I just saw a lot of articles this week or last week, my more like it before the aliens. Uh about oh my god why are people making such a big fuss about this oh how conspiracy theorists are out of their minds how this is so stupid oh my god we have but to reinvent- all, right, is that i am all it? about reinventing cities i am all about that i am all about changing the structure of how people just re get to their environment i am all about that i like the dutch way of doing things it looks like one of the best possible models but what this is is not that so it doesn't matter that controlling people's environment in how far they can reach in a given day is slavery yeah there's no debate it's it's gonna anybody be, with a functioning brain cell know that no it that. really is going to be the jetsons and the flintstones they're going to i mean saudi arabia is already building the line but not in its original form it's still being Neom is gonna fail. Neom's gonna fail. That's called Neom, but it's gonna fail. It's not gonna yeah. happen. Never gonna I mean, them. they are poor. They are put. They are putting everything into it. They're ex- They're even executing families that won't move off their land so that they can build this city. You know. Yeah, they, so it, they they're building on top of native Saudis' land. So I mean, by natives, I mean like yeah. you know, real natives. Yeah. Yeah, they're killing them. Yeah, I mean, it's Saudi uh, Arabia. Do you expect anything less smart? I think it really is. It's going to be like a, a, you know, a walled off smart city, multiple inside the United States that are just going to be this self-sustaining nightmare. And everybody outside, which I hope would include us, are just going to be left to fend for ourselves you know there'll still be you know some type of structure of society but i really i really just don't care you know they can have those or the, they can, can have those those metro nightmares man judge they really can judge, judge dread and mega cities yeah nobody I, wants judge dread and mega cities something i've seen recently that you've been sharing a lot of over on your instagram and even on your twitter there are some of these alternative versions of shows like full house and (laughs) oh boy that dude you you had me all hooked up on all that kind of stuff like i I what was the one that you showed me alf the balf you were like no he told me to get off the internet for the night well, I had to start adding disclaimers towards the descriptions. It's like this is AI generated because yeah. I thought oh, sure. I thought it would have been obvious, but some of them are so convincing. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I'll, it, I mean, it, I, it yeah. is seriously convincing sometimes. Like that. Well, that I gotta see Alf the Balf. What's this? The AI generated. Yeah, so, so I that was a special request. So I started yeah. out doing like weird versions of Clockwork Orange and weird versions of Star Trek and uh, like Star Wars Freemasonic rituals, but I was just kind of using like that YouTube humor. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's just like yeah. inter- like purely internet AI humor. But someone suggested right. you should do Alf. So at that point, I started just thinking of like funny little backstories. So I said that you know the the Alf was based on a Croatian sitcom called Balf, and then instead of Alf, it was a bunch of these like furry goat god things that were like always lurking in the background and then i had one that said uh full house was actually a like a germanic or like a like a celtic tv show which wouldn't even exist right because um (laughs) but that that full house was misinterpreted and h-a-u-s represented like spirit so like when they tried to remake full house in you know austria or bavaria that they they reinterpret it as like full spirits, so it was like an evil house full of spirits. So then I generated <laughs> a bunch of screenshots that would just show, like there would be like a weird seance going on in the background, or like the dad would have like a pentagram in blood on his forehead or something. Full <laughs> This is why that's still art. People are like, oh, manipulating with computers to create all these images. That's not art. I'm like. No, you just gave us a nice piece of art. Well, it, I think it's like sampling, right? Like hip hop brought back all of these old disco and blues and jazz songs that no one even heard before, at least in the modern culture, and now are appreciating old artists all over again. So I think this AI art mm-hmm. is just the visual version of kind of like 90s hip hop yeah. sampling where and, I'm going to take my now, favorite things and put them together. And we're also I doing don't... this for music, for sampling, too. I don't know if you guys like back in the early days of YouTube used to watch um, the drag queens do their comedy skit. Like it, it was hilarious. Like it is hilarious. I found a guy on TikTok that has that old school drag comedy, and it is. I mean, it's amazing. You mean like Eddie like, Izzard or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. Or um, what's the one? It's like Betty Crocker, but that's not her name. I mean, that's kind of sampling too, right? The whole the drag culture yeah. is taking yeah. like, a persona exactly that everyone recognizes, and then like and you put your art into yeah. it, so you you get the attention through the familiarity. And and I've got I've got a very unapologetically strong opinion on this because some people feel that. Oh, AI, you're just like regurgitating MK Ultra programming back out into the culture. And it's like, no, I'm taking the things that have been directed at me, like these things that are now part of my brain. Like, I'm never going to unlearn Heathcliff and, you know, He Man and Smurfs. Like, it's part of my brain and my cells. So I feel like I've got every right to take all of that nostalgia that's been baked into me and just regurgitate it back out into the world. But like, here was my perspective on it. Here's what I would merge it with. So it's like fighting fire with fire. Now we need to see Alf in He-Man riding the tiger. Alf is is quite difficult, actually, because oh, because his form is not normal. That's why right. It, it tries to make him like a dog or like a goat or a horse. It's like there's I only think, one Alf. Well, you're what are you using? Mid Journey or are you using Stable Diffusion? 
Well, yeah, I, I use it would be a long list. We go for an hour and all this stuff. But technically, if, if you really wanted to make ALF, you would take a version of Stable Diffusion and then use a program called uh, Stable Tuner. And Stable Tuner lets you take a predefined model and then you could just feed ALF into it nonstop oh. for, you know, days no, or weeks or months. And then eventually you'll have a custom data set that knows exactly how to make ALF. And then you can say, make me a Knights Templar ALF or a Satan ALF or a Demon ALF. And it would be able to do it without making the horses and yeah. dogs. No, thanks for that one. I was thinking for, for a good one for that. Thank you for giving me that one. Stable Tuner. Stable Tuner. And, and if you're deep into this stuff, there's something called Automatic 1111 um, or Automatic 1111. And basically, it lets you run stable diffusion on your own computer, and you can even have it connect to like Google Colab or some cloud services. Or if you well, got I, a I video use card. I, I currently use stable diffusion. My computer is powerful enough to run it. So if if you look at automatic one 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 one, it offers like a nice little automated GUI, and there's like plugins where you can add something called DForum, which is like a video version of stable diffusion, which stitches together videos for you, and also that's, I mentioned that's what I've been tuner. trying trying to figure out because my computer's powerful enough to do it it's just i need to figure out what is i you want to you want to look for something called libraries. uh 3d photo in painting is one of the uh the repos that does it and then there's another one that's a little older called 3d ken burns effect and they both operate on a similar idea of where they analyze a photo break it up into like z depth maps and then animate each plane and z-axis slightly independent so you get these weird like 3d effects that would normally take someone hours and after effects but it just does it for you right there so to touch back i heard you you know made mention of like the mixing and stuff like the like the 90s hip-hop and stuff like that you know and i've heard a bunch of people whining about the you know the ai stealing my art or whatever and i i've I agree with you, you know, like I, I kind of stand and die on this hill because like, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, you know, like if you're going to go after the people that are, that are mixing photos, why aren't you going after the people mixing songs? And it's new. Then, that's the and only then, reason. It's and, then, it's not, it's and, not then, and then my, my biggest point that I tried to make to a few people was because I've seen some people that are in kind of a realm that I am in the meme realm and stuff that were kind of behind this too. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, you realize that if you let them go after this AI art, they're coming for your memes next. Right. Yeah. I was like, because how, how often are our memes based off of old art that we copy paste and stick right. things to well, you well, know mark I mean? my words, dude, right now we are in the heyday of AI art and meme art. And there's going to be five, 10 years from now, we're all going to be just like from the 90s to the 2000s. Like, I remember back when the internet was free and you could just find anything on all these websites. And before Google became your one entry point into and out of all the information, well, we're going to look back and be like, man, I remember when you could just type anything into those AI things and they would just make it for you. And you saw all kinds of crazy stuff. I but mean, it's be I, illegal I, at I, some I, point. I don't. Luis does so yes. much for us with this. I, like, I, I don't think everybody's going to be there. I do agree that some people will live like that, that some people will believe that there are rules that they're set and they will follow them because they're naive boring. or boring. <laughs> and yes, I agree with you that some people will believe and think like that. But I also think in the future, the amount of decentralized internet that will exist will be so massive that it will be just a, an option that just other people in it just live in. 
So there'll be two, there'll be two, three, four, five different internets that people will live in. And that's and, and the people the that have enough money to have the resources to, to connect to all five or six or whatever options, then all of a sudden, like the more money you have, the more access to information you have. Whereas it's not necessarily quite like that right now, uh, where if, if you've got the same internet connection or a free Wi-Fi, you can technically jump onto any website that you need to. But when everything's decentralized, I might just not even have access to some remote server in Colorado unless I've got the VPN that my buddy gave me. And then like I connect to this guy and that connects to this guy, like this big well, mesh. But if you're not in the mesh, then you don't get access. Well, there, there right now there's ways to build internet even through AM to ham radio. So there's so many and it's like broadband. It's not really? like shitty. Um, and you can look at FireNet. You can look at FireChat. That was a system that was being uh, tested after Katrina, and it was also being tested in Puerto Rico after the storm. You could basically convert the phones into radios that will communicate with each other instead of through the traditional. Yeah, and they can like um, they'll like hold on to a message until you get to another area and then relay it. But but I'm what I'm afraid of is that those things work really well when it's in this like small homesteader hacker community, but when it actually becomes so ubiquitously used because of like major outages whatever now all of a sudden there's an incentive for like the infiltration of that technology and they can like grab and modify those packets before they get bounced off to the well, next the thing is at the same time we are building quantum encryption technology so once we get to to the quantum encryption level which we're not far away from because no. there's uh, a nisc which is the nist 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 it's nist so NIST is the 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 organization that is about numbers. Um, they also are related to the the government's choices for encryption, and the government mm-hmm. finally chose what quantum encryption protocols are going to use. So there's already a process to build in systems that are in, impossible to crack, essentially. So hey, true encryption stuff is- like that. I believe we've already been doing it. Yeah. Well, but, but also that means it's, it's, compl- it's complicated. Yes, but that means you're going to have a have a, a NIST certified encoding and decoding chip in these hardware items, which represents an infiltration of the government into these little like what happens when the thing dies and you need to repair it or fix it yourself. You're not going to fix a NIST chip that was certified and operates under some kind of proprietary black box. You, you just mentioned a, a big problem with uh, advanced technology is the more advanced the technology gets, the more impossible it becomes to fix it. Right. I mean, like, like quantum encoding and, and things like this. Like if well, once there's an EMP and you need to like sit down and look at that under like an electron microscope, you're not doing it because the, the tool that you needed to do it no longer exists or well, it's functional EMPs the Plus only real fear that. is natural EMPs, the sun at any given moment, the sun could have a little fart and that fart could be the size of planet earth heads towards our planet, hit our electromagnetic uh, protection sphere. It, it debilitates to the point it starts to infiltrate into our system and we get bombarded by a bunch of radiation. Nothing's going to happen to us, but a lot of our electronics are going to be overwhelmed it doesn't mean the entire grid gets overwhelmed. It doesn't mean all the hard drives break. It doesn't mean all the memory damages. It means at least the big systems, the overload 
will damage them. I wish I could and the find... only system in the world that's grounded is Japan. I wish I, I wish I could find my meme that was uh, that that you. I think I think you you actually sent it to me, Luis, or something. I know I shared it on our the alien one, the Facebook page. Yeah, the alien one. The, well, the one where it was like. Uh... It was like human humans advance AI AI and then hum- itself. A, a, a humans become AI, AI, AI slave, and then the sun re- you know fries the computers, and then everybody mm-hmm. worships the sun, and the cycle starts over Great again. And, and it's just, and I was just like, yeah, I could totally see that. Like I, the I sun was the the sun was the liberator. Would I'm that really be so yeah. bad? No, I mean, I, there I, are you know a that few if, religions that think that that's what actually happened. You. You that know, cycles as well like as that. I do, Banda, that if they shut me, like if they shut my power off t- today, I'm ready to go off deep into the woods and I'm not worried about it. Like, I feel no. sorry for people who can't, but like, I'm, I'm well, good to go. Like, deep it's into your the kids. Woods. That's what you're worried most about. And they'll be just fine. My kids will be just fine. <laughs> I, you know, and it's not, maybe not like a total worldwide, like, cataclysmic event but maybe something to just like startle no. people enough to go we already well, have had okay. that happen. that's already happened so it happened in canada a few years ago you can look up the emp that hit canada a couple of years ago it and what I, was, it and was I, the event what was the event called i uh, well i don't remember this one but i will tell you in puerto rico i believe one happened i believe one was hit puerto rico because i remember this day the power just went out for the majority of the island. Yeah. The weather was fine. It was clear skies. I remember driving and looking up and seeing the sky turn purple, red. It was like a like a whole section of the sky was whole different colors. I didn't have a smart any nothing to be able to to record it, but it was mesmerizing. It was like watching aurora borealis in broad daylight in the middle of the sky. And I thought, what if that was the electromagnetic pulse that just hit the power grid and disabled our system? I don't know. I don't know if that was what that was, but it was really weird that that day the power went out throughout the island for like three days. Wow. They're not known for the integrity of their uh, power grid, though. <laughs> Puerto Rico. Like Texas. Yeah. Well, it's also above ground. I don't know if Texas is all above ground, but Puerto Rico is almost all above ground infrastructure. Puerto Rico also weirdly was so bad top- topography wise that they created a lot of innovations and in how they re- create, you know, those long wires where they work on helicopters and all that. Yeah, that was innovated in Puerto Rico because they had a lot of practice <laughs> over there. Um, so, yes, the power grid is gutter trash and it's worse now than ever. But this was over 15 years ago. When it was in, it was a particularly strange event because the weather was fine. There was no, hmm. it, it was in the fact that I saw the sky and I saw a hole in the sky was a very particular right. strange thing. I never seen a hole yeah. in the sky before. It reminds me of, have you ever heard Thor's canon speeches or like read a book of hers or whatever? She's a lady that's, a, she's like a medium psychic. She does like a lot of past life stuff, but, um, She's also talked a lot about Atlantis and like how many different times we've been reset. Uh, and she claims that one of those times is when the ozone completely opened up and burned a hole. Like 
on the earth and that's where Africa and the deserts are today. Like they used to be lush forests and that is true. There's evidence that states that, you know, there there used to be greenery and water and it rained a lot and now it doesn't do any of that. And I don't know, it kind of makes sense. That was back to something me and Bandit were actually talking about last night just between like me and him is that the, uh, you know, with like the, the, the obvious pole shifts that are definitely happening <laughs> and all these earthquakes and stuff like that. I was like, you know, I could, I could foresee areas like below the equator now that are fully tropical type areas. A shift is coming. And like that, you know, the Antarctic, like, the Antarctic was tropical. Um, yes. yes. It was a t- it's, saying, like other areas, can, other areas are going to freeze oh, and other areas are going to tropic up and it's going to. Did you hear the news flash? Texas trains derail collision with 18 wheeler leaving driver dead. So. I'm looking more trains. Multiple trains, trains. It's reminding everyone at how fragile the infrastructure is. So I don't know. Oh, if this dude, is like, without a doubt, man, everybody. But, but I, I wonder on, on some level, it's like, hey, guys, just remember when things go really bad, it's because like we already had problems. But I think there might also be like a veiled coded threat in here to yeah. all the other infrastructure. It's like, hey, see how easy this is? See how we're being able to wipe this away from the, the public discussion? Man, no, so see, what I'm seeing is look at this hand, not at this hand. Oh, I mean, but the problem is that the hand that you should look at is this. The, the infra- exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. The mention of the infrastructure, you know, Dude. I I spent a yeah. lot of time um, <laughs> goofing off when I'm delivering appliances. I've got time in between jobs sometimes, and my boss insisted I put a fishing pole in the truck. And being out here in the <laughs> sticks, it's handy to have that fishing pole with me. And I, I, tend to find myself underneath a lot of bridges and if you stand there and look long enough you're like shit i probably shouldn't be standing underneath this fucking bridge because it's it's terrifying at the shape that some of them are in and it makes me think of this there's a town that i that my work office is in and I used to cut through this dirt road that was the last dirt road that connected the town that i lived in and that town and it had an old iron go- iron gate and wooden bridge that went over a creek or whatever. It was real pretty. They used it for pictures and stuff like that. But it had some structural damage to it. And instead of repairing it, they poured tons of block and busted rock and stuff on top of it in its place. And then they started going around town and everywhere where the railroad crossings are, they blocked them off. And they're blocking off all these like dead roads and busted bridges and stuff. And you're like, so you're just not going to fix it. You're just going to let it grow over and hope that everybody forgets about it. And, and I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, like, and think think about some of the bridges up north bridges. with well, this, with the amount of road salt that's poured on them during the yeah. winter time. Yeah. And George, those Georgia, are some of the worst bridges, man. George, you, you know, Georgia, them, Georgia got you tricked pretty. The, the state of Georgia got tricked pretty well um, about 10 years ago. They were like, hey, we're going to enact this 23% gas tax to widen Interstate 75 down in, in the state of Georgia. And what they ended up doing was, sure, they widened it. They added three lanes. 
but you got to pay for those three lanes if you want to be able to drive on them. You don't, you don't, you don't get to just use them. You have to pay the toll to be the, able to drive the, on these lanes. The the problem is oh, the majority of American infrastructure is over a hundred years old, and it's collapsing. Well, it's already and- a degrade. Or worse, something that was brought to our attention by our friends down there in Oklahoma that are fighting the DOT and stuff is that oh yeah, those people are great. Is great that, human beings actually that, doing the great battle? Is that these state the a lot of these state DOTs, G, Georgia DOT, Florida DOT, Kentucky DOT, even though they are running around with all of these government markings and acting as a hand of the government, they're private owned company. Well, they're private privately ran. They're they're like private public partnership model, and they're out here and they're out here, you know, doing like they're doing to our friends in Oklahoma and trying to eminent domain folks to make the highway system better, and still have yet to do a friggin' thing about the current highway situation that all of us have had. I I, I can't remember a time going through Pennsylvania in my entire life, <laughs> going through Pennsylvania and not seeing road construction. And just remember, kids, when when fighting that DOT, if you're trying to do like the people in Oklahoma and stop a turnpike, just remember one pound of sugar ruins a few few tons of concrete from settling. Good information. It is the smart tactics that save the world. The French did it. The French were pros at that. I mean, yes. So So when when are we pulling out the guillotines, people? I feel like it would be more poetic if you could use artificial sweetener uh, and if it still had the same effect. You just gained it. You just gained some social credit points, man. <laughs> oh, the, or like Splenda or. Yeah, dude, take them down with aspartame, right? Rumsfeld oh, uh, fighting Rumsfeld. <laughs> that would be ironic. Is that man still alive? Least. Why the fuck is he still alive? Man, he doesn't eat. Oh, he doesn't drink aspartame. It's 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 <laughs> you know, a lot of these evil psychos are still alive. And, and, and you know, it, it 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 I think it fuels things when you start seeing all these people recently, like this whole, you know, died suddenly movement thing that's happening. Um, and there was a lot of there was yeah. a lot of us pointing at certain political figures and famous figures that were looking like they were taking Hollywood Hollywood shots, you know, the needle goes retracts back into the thing and starting to wonder if maybe some of those we're talking adrenochrome right now, man. (laughs) Not it's not even that. Have you seen Jim um on my on my TikTok this video I posted of uh, a former CIA um director of disguise. Or she talks about the mask that they use, where they have developed and spent years developing. Biomask? Are you talking about biomasks? Yes. yes, the ones that are yes. so realistic that you can't tell. She breathed the president wearing one of those, and he had no. This is Bush Sr. back then. She breathed the president wearing one of those masks, and he had no idea. She was about five feet away from him, had no idea crazy i'm i'm pretty sure joe biden whoever is wearing him <laughs> because that man is not with us anymore 
Oh yeah, no, we 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 cover that quite frequently. That one of the four guys that we keep seeing mm-hmm. might be related to him, but it's definitely not the maybe. Dude. Definitely I not just, the same dude that was writing the crime bill in the nineties. That's for sure. Right. Well, there was three. There was three Joe Bidens. The one that wrote the crime bill, Vice President Biden, and then President Biden. Those are the three totally different guys. Which was the Joe Biden that took out corn pop? Then definitely the newest, definitely president. I mean, so which one was the one that like when the when the kids were rubbing his hairy legs under the pool? Oh, that's that, was the, that was corn pop by now. If we were to categorize all the Bidens, what would be <laughs> corn pop? I like that one. What other ones? Crime bill pop? Crime bill Biden? Crime, Crime bill Biden? Biden? The, you know, the uh, thing. Right. Racist Biden? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, racist Biden was crime bill. You know, the thing. Racist okay. Biden was definitely crime bill, Biden. crime bill Biden because that was about the same time frame as when he did the when he did Clarence Thomas's uh, confirmation hearing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Luis? Do you remember that video? of him sitting in and you know, he was part of the confirmation hearing for Clarence Thomas. He was, he was the one that was attacking the, the other uh, possible uh, persons for the Supreme court. Yeah. I just, I just imagine the actor playing him being like, I don't know how to play it. I don't know how to be president. What do I do? Just say whatever. I sent that's the current one we have now. Just say I sent Jimmy a picture of the actor that is supposedly playing President Biden right now. Oh yeah. Who do you think it is? Uh, It was a while ago, so I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah. Uh, I think Brad Pitt's playing one of them. There's Um, been a, a. Oh, I mean, the only thing we can agree on right now is that presidents, period, whichever side they're on, they're nothing more than puppets. They're all relate. They are. That's really the only thing that we can agree on. All of them, but one. What? Which one's the one that wasn't the puppet? I don't know. It was a long time ago. (laughs) <laughs> a president that's not well known. I think uh, Madison, maybe. Madison, you just can't say Van Buren, especially around Jimmy. Well, well, it started with an M. But there was a wizard. Look up real quick. Van Buren. <laughs> he looked like a little wizard. Yeah, <laughs> didn't he? It's not related. Yeah. I, I think Jimmy has a like a, a sore spot for. Martin Van Buren because he because he's the reason that the two party system that there is yeah exists like <laughs> there we that go was totally his fucking idea there we go and and yeah he does look like a little ass wizard dude like <laughs> but no I mean and and I mean you know the sore ones to get me going either you bring up Martin Van Buren that yeah terrible. That I love those mutton chops, though, man. Or that I've always been tempted that if I was going to shave my beard again, which please don't ever bring that up to me, uh, that I would shave it into some serious mutton chops like that. I mean, and just did, leave the leave 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 the sign. You did you did look awfully funny when you when you lost. That. <laughs> I know, dude. I won't do that again. I won't do that again. I was I was actually making fun of my work partner because he. 
shaved all his off, and I swear he he gained like twenty years to his look. And I was just like, "Oh, I know, man." I was like, "Hold on, Grandpa, you got to put that beard back because you don't look right, man. Like you, you running around looking like the old guy at the shop and not, you know, not your age anymore just because you got rid of the beard. It it's one way or the other. You're either gonna look really young or really old when you get rid of it. So I guess it just depends on where life took you with things. I mean, but you know, I mean, you never know. And yeah, I, you kept making back into MK ultra and I, I totally actually would like to hit on that a little bit before we get out of here. You know, you were talking about that pamphlet earlier and stuff and that kind of sparked my interest because like, I'm totally been trying to tell people for years that everybody's under some form of an MK ultra, whether it's from the television or the music or, Lord knows even the internet nowadays, and there's just so much of it going on left and right and different forms of psyops. I, I've i never really found the more, a very profound way of trying to ed- educate people on. Well, I think I got it, man. I think my, my pamphlet is is the thing. Actually, I'll, I'll grab, give me one second. I'll go and grab one, and I'll show you a few of the pages. Yes, there. sir. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, to continue while he's grabbing that, you know, like I've, you know, I know, I know our buddy Brett Pike. He even does a whole curriculum class on propaganda, and I know in other countries, propaganda is a, a class that is mandatory to take. And well, you sparked I, my interest with this idea of this MK Ultra pamphlet. Yeah, we 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 had a was that who this guy right here, man? Like, isn't this this? I think it's pretty neat. And the whole the whole premise of this, if you guys never seen a chick track before, anyone heard of a chick track? Yes. So uh, this guy, Jack T. Chick, he made these little pamphlets that would just be all religious. It was pretty much if you were in a biker gang or if you believed in, you know, um, Halloween, it was just tell you all the evils of, you know, pagan holidays. Well, I took that idea and I wanted to tell the story of MK Ultra. So it shows and, and this is uh, took a lot of effort to go through and actually put names and dates and everything. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, for yeah. example, right here, you see 1947 Project Chatter, U.S. Navy. Um, they basically find these records of mescaline use of the Dachau prison camp. Uh, and that included heroin, marijuana, sodium pentothal, which is um, sort of truth serum, mescaline and scopolamine. Scopolamine is also known as like the the devil's hangover or like the devil's terror. It's the one that just makes you feel pure terror. So you'll just do anything to get out of this state. So they were just giving this to our recruits. Uh, and then it, it takes this whole sort of chronological discussion. So here we, it mentions how in 1953, the CIA purchased the entire world supply of LSD. And that's not an understatement. That's not hyperbole. They literally purchased every dose that Sandoz had to offer at that moment in time. And then shortly after this, this town in France, Pont Saint Esprit, the entire town starts hallucinating. Um, and you can you can find this ties back to what you see on the bottom there. It says this was from a CIA field test called Project Span, where they just dosed the town water supply, and then they blamed it on a fungus of ergot that grew in the wheat and that infiltrated like their bread or something, which was ridiculous. And it talks Why about Operation Midnight Ultra. And, so, and we've got um fidel castro which is where kind of blue beam origins come from they wanted to make his beard fall off by giving him thallium and dosing his um his tv studio with lsd to make him act crazy uh we mentioned the rfk and jfk assassinations it's just Mm -hmm. this entire booklet it's made to kind of give you those little bite-sized chunks of like here's the most interesting yeah this is something that i made a couple years ago where can we find it 
Where can I you get can it? find this at, at paranoidamerican.com. Wait, let me scan it. Paranoid hey, Jimmy America. sent us. I think he put his link tree in the group chat. Nice. So, well, and of course, you guys know so the I'm video watchers. I, 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 you know, for the video watchers out here, I, I keep things on deck like this. And I've got not only his website, yeah. paranoidamerican.com, pulled up. Where you can find all that stuff, like his comics. Yeah, and- yeah if you go to comics, uh, I'll I'll give you kind of like a, a bird's eye tour, really quick. Absolutely, absolutely. So the the MK Ultra is probably the most popular one, just because it's so easy. I can yeah. just pop it in an, in a little envelope, and you've got it, and you can spread it around. Right. Um, and then I've got a bunch of traditional ones. So that first one is called the Chosen One. I've got another. I've got an alternate cover. Chosen of that one, right one. Here. I love that. <laughs> and and this is based on an actual podcast uh, called the One on One Podcast. It's a conspiracy yeah. theory podcast, and it's essentially a comic book about conspiracy theory podcasts that um, discover a secret society of conspiracy theory podcasts. Uh, so it's like this this inversion. I think like you were saying before, Jim Bob, like you gotta be able to make fun of yourself. That's right. Uh if you make fun of the outside yeah. world. So it's it's a lot of that. Time samplers is where I started. When I mentioned that I just wanted to like make a cool conspiracy book back in 2006 through two, 2012. And it started as yeah. an animation I was doing by myself, one man show in After Effects, and then it turned into this comic. Well, that's time samplers. And this one, it, it touches on every big conspiracy theory that I've ever loved. It's got the Federal Reserve, MK Ultra, the Titanic sinking. Uh, pro- it shows Project Monarch step by step from the moment that the amniocentesis needle enters and pokes the little fetus as the first sort of you know Project um, Monarch trauma point, all the way to like the the woodpecker grids, like all of the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So, and else we were saying like the exoteric and esoteric. The yeah. comics there will be a fun read. And all the things that you've kind of seen before are going to be in there as you would expect. But then the esoteric of like the actual dates and names. And like if you know right. anything about Project Monarch, for example, yes, sir. like I dropped Dr. Green and Dr. White and Dr. White was Dr. Ewan Cameron, um, you know, from Montreal. And that Dr. Green may or may not have been either related to or the actual uh, Dr. Joseph Mangal. So there's all of these like deep links are in these comic books yeah. if you know what to look for. But it's also if you don't know about it, it's still just kind of fun. Yeah, so because Project Monarch is like imagine like a bubble map, okay? And Project Monarch is in the middle. It has so many different branches of other projects that come along with it, like the dual programming and the metal programming and just so much and then like I kind of group Monarch together with uh, Mockingbird um, at times uh, because it's kind of the same. Is that Uncle Ted? Yes, you can see right there. It says that in the in the 1960s, the CIA basically it's talking about how MK Ultra shifted from testing on their mm-hmm. own soldiers and foreign nationals into just testing on everybody college students and civilians so in this case it was whitey bulger uh at emory in 1957 ted kaczynski at harvard at 59 through 62 and leary and actually that the ted kaczynski one's an interesting story they didn't necessarily give him lsd and mescaline and, and all of the same sort of like mk right. related they gave him this weird absolute mind control uh process where you would go into this research for center i think it was voluntary and you would just perform some kind of a task. I'm just going to oversimplify this to, to keep it short. 
but if you perform the task well or if you perform the task horribly had absolutely no bearing on the feedback that you'd get so this guy is an incredibly brilliant guy and i'm sure he was just nailing it like he was doing everything mm -hmm. they probably had him do but then he would just get chastised and berated like i can't believe you're such an idiot i can't believe you would think yeah. this and and it actually damaged him over time to like this threshold that got crossed of point of no return where all of a sudden it's like oh he just started randomly sending you know bombs to people no if you actually look at the people that were involved it was almost predominantly in uh dementia research psychedelic research people that were into like tweaking the brain and figuring out yeah. uh either, either chemically or socially how to alter the mind and then he went back and targeted these people you know specifically mm -hmm. later on they, they and that's exactly to what break I mean. brilliant people <laughs> That the objective was how do we break geniuses because they're harder to break because they can build mental uh, palaces and they can separate themselves from themselves but yeah that's what I the drugs were involved that was one them. of the goals i think the other goal was figure out how to split the mind into multiple pieces so that you can have a sleeper agent anywhere this one's the famous Frank Olson case, um, who was a, uh, a CIA adjacent agent. He worked at Fort Detrick, probably testing biochemical warfare. Mm -hmm. um, and his he basically he got pushed out of a, the top of a window because they dosed his drink at a convention with a bunch of LSD before anyone knew what it was. And he started to realize that the CIA had done this to him and it, and I guess it had like this profound effect on his mind, especially since then they started gaslighting him. It's like, no nah, man, you're, you're fine. Like, you're the only one that's complaining. You must be going crazy. Right? So then he actually starts going a little bit crazy because of the gaslighting that they did. Cause it's like, I know that I, I left my body, right? Like I had, there wasn't a word for the psychedelic experience yet commonly known. So um so so that's that's actually probably one of the main key points that uncovered that the cia undoubtedly was dosing its own people because there was a whole excavation on the body and they found out that he got hit in the back of the yeah. head and like it's a whole story and and again like every one of these panels in this pamphlet sounds incredulous like one of my favorite ones and you can look all of these up for like the the background mm -hmm. but this one right here well, sub project 121 it's their own people's families, their own people's kids, their own people's friends. Well, I mean, this makes me think of like, you know, I, I guess a good example would be, uh, oh, crap. I, I can't believe his brain's going to fleet me right now. But old, uh, Charlie Manson and all the stuff that mm -hmm. like, you know, his, it, with his all of his LSD experiences and stuff. And I know. I know that gets into a bunch of different things, you know, like what did he do? Did he do it? Blah, blah, blah. But that's not important. No, I do know I there was a lot was. of MK Ultra and mm -hmm. mind controlling drugs, you know. Uh, and I've, I, I'm the kind of guy that sees that things like LSD and mushrooms and DMT and, you know, any of it can be used in a positive or negative aspect aspect like yeah. just, just like the internet it's a double age double-edged sword i think P i think people with ptsd and things from you know military or traumatic life experiences mushrooms can do wonders but i also think that mm -hmm. if you are uh, in or if you person. are in the right <laughs> circumstances or have the 
wrong person administering this with you that it could easily turn into a brainwashing mind control kind of subject set in yeah. setting right yeah. well i believe manson was a victim of mk ultra or oh, a sure. test and, and then i i believe that he became one of the testees i believe he worked for the cia because he was brilliant i think he started working for the cia and started conducting them these tests himself um which i mean just shows that he got people to go kill for him well, there's an easy way to give credit to this too without getting outlandish, and that's that mm-hmm. MK Ultra is fun to talk about, and it gets all this mysterious, like, oh, it's it's mind control and high, you know, high level technical like drug operations. But really, yeah. MK Ultra was just a financing operation. MK Ultra was how the CIA documented and did inventory on like, here's who you write the check to and for what reason. And that's all it really was. And if you look at the CIA, it's kind of what they do is they look around for people doing weird stuff and they just say, look, here's your five get out of jail free cards. Here's a whole bunch of money. Keep doing what you're doing. Like we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. Let's throw a little bit of gas on that fire. And if you guys find anything out that's like revolutionary, you let us know before anyone else knows. And that's sort of an oversimplified version of MK Ultra and every other CIA operation. Yeah. Well, let's look at the Manson's victims. Oh, for sure. Roman Polanski's wife, pregnant wife at that. And what the heiress, the only heiress to Folgers, you know. Roman Polanski, I mean, that's a disgusting human being in general. Um, But, I mean, I think that actors are just as much a part of the cia as any well, that, agent sitting at a desk I, I i don't think that operation mockingbird ever stopped like sure they brought no, attention to it in it the 70s did. but it never like they never stopped yeah. happening yeah they had the church hearings and they said hey you've been doing this and like okay we'll stop <laughs> and that was basically yeah it played out and it was more and honestly i don't think it's that they even had to stop i think at that point uh, government and corporate media just became the one thing so you no longer had to have a secret handshake it would be like me just shaking my own hand because i'm the same person like i don't need to do any kind of secret right. handshakes to like validate myself with myself so right well i mean what that kind of point i was getting at with roman and sharon and uh manson and the whole mk ultra thing and, um the elites and the person that Roman is coincides with what we hear about the things that the elites do, the things that they practice, and them butchering a pregnant woman kind of speaks volumes to that, in my opinion. Um, as to what the goal actually was there. Well, I think the one common thread here, like unironically, it truly is adrenochrome because adrenochrome essentially is exactly. the chemical. It, it's something that you and uh, Luis men, broke um, a couple links in the chat, but basically, yeah, you can synthesize adrenochrome. All adrenochrome is is a byproduct of your body uh, processing adrenaline. Yeah. So any way you can oxidize adrenaline, which is like silver iodide, you can add silver iodide to adrenaline and that'll create adrenochrome. Well, 
the same exact people that were at the forefront of adrenochrome research, Dr. Abram Hoffer and a long list of others, they were also at the forefront of LSD research. So the exact mm -hmm. same people that knew and were experimenting with adrenochrome were also experimenting with LSD. And they were just, there was two main connections, right? It was these doctors that knew about this stuff and the government. And then it was the doctors that would go and move out to Hollywood because they had all this money and all this prestige. And now they like, they don't want to live with a bunch of crappy politicians. They want to go to move to Hollywood and, you know, impress everybody and have fun parties. So then oh. Hollywood literally becomes the epicenter of here's how we're going to release this out into the world. And the very first movie, I believe that even mentions LSD Fair was, loathing. um, well, no, no, way before oh. that, dude. way, way before that, even adrenochrome is mentioned before fear and loathing, but, um, it was called the tickler, I think, uh, starring, uh, Vincent price and the concept of the tickler was that um, if you could elicit enough fear in somebody that you could harvest a chemical and then that chemical could be used to manifest essentially a demon created out of pure fear that came from someone's body. So he spent this movie trying to give people LSD and torture them, which is directly based on an yeah. actual doctor from MK Ultra Research, but that he wanted to create an actual like demonic monstrous entity uh, that was called the the tingler, the tickler, I think, and that's what the tingler really meant. Well, I mean, it was sorry, tingler, not tickler. They still do this. I mean, I, I I'm, I'll call it like it is. They still perform these rituals. They still do these things. I mean, Nicki Minaj, take her for example. Okay, she now has two or three different alter egos. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, and, <laughs> and, 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 if, and if you pitch down her voice, she's just Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> that too, that too. Um, but I mean, when they're saying alter egos, stupid people actually think that like they're just playing. Well, well and this I could tie this directly into Adrenochrome too, because there's a a story that predates fear and loathing called uh burning chrome i think and it's by william gibson who also did like necromancer and a whole bunch of cyberpunk mm -hmm. stuff and he had this book that was called or it was a short story called blood of a wig and what blood of a wig represents is a wig was a schizophrenic patient um, because they would wig out you know so there was this idea that if you extracted the blood from a schizophrenic patient and then injected it into you that you could temporarily become a schizophrenic and and this actually was operating because schizophrenics have higher levels of adrenochrome and adrenaline in their blood. So they, if you have, take, they have psychedelic like chemicals in the brains that they discovered in studying them. Yes. So well, and it's technically it's adrenaline is the main one and and adrenochrome, but adrenochrome has like a whole conspiracy connotation. So that you don't even mention the word in the scientific community, but if you say adrenaline, right. you're kind of talking about the same thing. But it's it's yeah. fascinating because this again it's the exact same people that were dropping LSD into the culture itself knew all about adrenochrome and its interaction and and honestly the guy that brought magic mushrooms into the forefront was a guy named Robert Gordon Wasson um, and he was a VP of finance for J.P. Morgan who left that job by the CIA and traveled the world and investigated. He found all kinds of psychedelic mushrooms, Amanita Mascara. He found Salvia Divinorum, and he oh, brings good. this all back to the States. 
and he meets with his homeboy Henry Luce, who was a uh, part of the Century Club, Skull and Bones member, and mm-hmm. um, they meet at this place called the Century Club in New York. And he tells them, "Hey, I found these magic mushrooms, and I found all these different drugs, and I think you know I, I found the essence of of like um, consciousness itself." And Henry Luce is like, "We're gonna get a jump start on this." And he helps define the, the word magic mushroom and it gets published through Time Life magazine ancillaries. I think it was like People magazine and, and a couple others. And it, if it wasn't for Henry Luce, again, the owner of Time magazine, Skull and Bones member, then that whole psychedelic revolution likely never would have came to pass the same way it did because it was his publication of magic mushrooms to, you know, the housewives of the world and the people in the, the you know, grocery stores and laundry mats would talk about this before that no one even knew about it. And it would have just been like this weird niche thing that only doctors knew about. Right. And, and, Maybe and, secret societies aren't so bad after Well, and I was going to say, you know, and, and to, to a point like that, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure not all of them are evil. There's, there's there's things like that that you know like i like i truly believe you know going way back to where we were at the beginning of the episode about you know mushrooms being god and you know being there's a theory about that yeah we talked about about that earlier and you know earlier on but when we were you know when you're when we're talking about it in like this aspect and stuff you know that you know you're it's maybe it's a good thing that they released all that out into there. And then you've got people like, I know people personally, and they probably tune into this just for spite, but like they would, they would say, they would argue the fact that they were like, well, you know, hallucinogens are just the way, another way of the government getting to you. And I'm just like, this is back to that double-edged sword example. Like, I think that, I think that if you were dosed the way you were talking (laughs) about, like, like with Ted and stuff, how they were, they, they probably were doing these tasks and stuff and probably well, imagine if every room. time you've ever dropped acid you had to go and check in and like have yes. people with clipboards staring at you like how about now what do you feel now like yeah. no one would like that that would absolutely break me as a person oh my god right? yes. no Compared i couldn't to... make eye contact there would be no way well, that's <laughs> what it was they'd have you sit down dosing. and like do math questions yeah. and like answer questions oh, compared, compared to doing a hero dose and going for a long walk into the woods for probably two or three days <laughs> right. you know what i mean well, like it's, i've seen it's some of the experiments aspects. is you they give you the dose and they leave you alone for a long period of time. Oh and then God. they start asking. But yes, there's versions of it that they are at every step of the way asking you things. But I think it also depends on dosage. But if you read into some of them, some of the studies were like, they leave you in the room alone. Put some music. The music, they're trying to see just off the music what will happen to you. Well, you know how they do experiments with like psychics and people that can you know do remote viewing and stuff like that yeah i don't know about you guys i'm talking about my personal experience when i do mushrooms or when i do acid i feel a presence it's always just right there you know like right there and especially with lsd it's just a presence and that's your mk ultra handler taking notes on you Maybe so. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe they do. It's like it's like a dude in in an office somewhere that's just like like tuned into your frequency, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I got her." Yeah. (laughs) And and 
And, you know, I mean, like, I believe that it could be used in that kind of aspect, too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that if, if just like anything in the wrong hands, it could be turned against you mm -hmm. and, you know, used as a tool against you. But I think in the right hands with the proper guidance, it unlocks more into where you start seeing things more esoterically than yeah. than for the yeah. face value that it really if is. You're tall, you, know, right. like you can you can you can start to. I see a lot of things on the same level as you as you do, but in a lot of the conversation we've had tonight, and I think that's, you know, that that's a positive of do, doing the show and stuff. It's very rare for me to find some people that I think can understand the gibberish that comes out of my mouth sometimes because I'm <laughs> off the wall. You know what, man? To bring it back to memes, the, like I don't know what the name of the meme is, but it's like people. It's like a bell curve, right? So like the idiots that first enter a topic, they're like, "Oh, everything's like this," and then you get the people in the middle. They're like, "No, of course it's not like that." Like I've done all this research, and like you're such an idiot for thinking it works like that. And then once you become an expert, it's like, "Oh, wait." It all really is like this simple thing. Right. It's just that like you go through all that knowledge and now you have justification for believing it as opposed to just yeah. believing it on the surface. But the the exoteric never goes away, right? Like the exoteric stays around because it's so pervasive and it contains enough truth to represent the thing that's really encoded inside of it. So it's not like learning the esoteric invalidates the exoteric yes. it's the opposite it it explains it and, and in fact it makes the exoteric almost turn into like a memory palace so now when you see all of these superficial things you're like oh well the lightning bolt in zeus's hand that's not literally him creating lightning that represents he controlled the weather and he was the agriculture god and you know he represented the rain and, and then therefore you know the 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 plants growing afterwards and but like I thought I was the only one that did that. Like when I see like certain symbolism and stuff like out in public, that's what I I mean, I automatically start thinking like that. Oh yeah. You should look into the concept of what they call a memory palace cuz that's pretty much what every statue or great work of art is really just mm -hmm. what you would call a memory palace where every little detail yeah, is yeah. sort of like an anchor to remind you about this huge story that you'd have to know the story first and then it's like oh that one yeah. lightning bolt in his hand or another good example like astrological you know symbolism if there's like a dog or if you see an old mm -hmm. painting and the horse is facing a certain way well if you yeah. know that if the horse faces a certain way that it means they win the battle or they lose the battle. Now all of a sudden you've get this extra information encoded right. just by there's, a horse's head. There's if one a, horse, if the horse has a leg raised on the statue, go, it. it means, uh, it means the person riding the horse died in battle. And if he has yeah, all four right. legs on the ground, it means he survived the battle and won the battle. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's a memory pass. It's, it's encoded it, information. Well, and that's, and there are symbols everywhere. You just got to know. And it's when you yeah. when you pick up on those symbols and Star you recognize those symbols, everything kind of just like you pick so much stuff out that just people just there, walk by on a normal day and you'll, you'll see that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Uh, one other thing, uh, one place really ground, really rooted in symbolism as far as that goes is the city of Chicago. Mm, yeah. There are symbols like all over that city, written York. everywhere and carved everywhere. If you just pick you mean, up on that stuff, you mean, you mean, ancient, you mean ancient Babylon? <laughs> if we're gonna they, go, yeah, that okay. was during right. the height of that Art Nouveau, where people yeah. had money and they liked astrology both at the same time. So it was like let's just I bake it in America everywhere. America is and, the old and, world. 
and you know i i i love because i've always been into like that encoded message that's in the mm -hmm. symbolism you know that you can understand if you understand symbolism and stuff that's that's a lot of the reason people are always like well why did you choose the design for your pirate flag that you did? And I'm like, well, because if you understand esotericism and you understand symbolism, you can understand where a lot of these symbols truly came from in the past, like ancient times and the messages that were put into them and stuff. And I've, you know, I've shared links and stuff that go along with the symbolism that's built into stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see that the archetypes were put there by ancient people to help, kind of work on that memory bank and kind of you know like make you remember things and that you didn't realize you're going to remember and it and eventually you can start you know attesting things to that like like the the stuff in the stars and the stuff and you know mm -hmm. posted in places whether it be a palm tree whether it be an igloo whether it be you know an, an owl or something you know there's some kind of you know yeah es esoteric thing that's there behind the mm -hmm. thing that's on the face value and stuff. And, you know, there's, there's different routes about going about it everywhere. And like, again, going back towards the beginning, as we're getting close to wrap it up for the evening, you know, I was, I was making the point that you can see things in a different value when you start to see how the esoteric side of things is underneath a lot of these things that are just on there on the face. And yeah. when I see them, when I see them merge together, like it, it brings more understanding into like my realm because of being as far along in this crazy ship of a escapade mm -hmm. that I've been on for as long as I have on these, you know, rabbit hole, this and conspiracy that and things like that to, you know, to just the everyday things in life and people it, people take a lot of these things for granted or they look past them or they don't even realize it but i think right. the being well i mean look at washington being in your oh the washington for sure but like the yeah. being that's driving this mech suit it totally recognizes these symbols you know what i'm saying because it's yeah it's, it, it it recognizes them before you do and you've just got to work on a subconscious level i think yeah. all of us recognize it oh, absolutely. and i think the people that absolutely will not even listen to it or like freak out when you talk about this stuff or sure. try to be the fact checkers it's because it's too scary for them they know it they know that it's true it just scares the shit out of them and they don't want it to be true well, I do like I do like to go around before we finish off for the evening and get last thoughts from everybody. And I want to get bandits before he has to uh, vanish completely for the evening. I know he's lurking around in the background there, but I, I'll go, I'm going to go ahead and skip to Luis for the moment while we wait for Bandit to pop back up. So, oh, there he mm -hmm. wait, there he is. Hang on, Bandit. Oh, all right, come on, man. Let me get those last thoughts of yours before we get ready to wrap up for tonight, man. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm as as far as it, I'm usually completely off subject with, but it just I really I really wish that thing in what's what's going on in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, would be on the fucking news, man. It's not anywhere. No, any I've been I, I've been CNN. sitting here looking I just for scrolled through the yeah, entire scrolling page, through most of it. A it's single like, mention of it. Just. And not, not only that, it's just like look at every 
you know, could aliens just take a break, man? We got a lot of shit going on. Can they just like push, push, push the invasion to the right? You heard it here first. Rain, rain check, please. Rain check, please. I mean, seriously, just popped up on the news. I mean, Chinese warplanes have entered Taiwan. Uh, Russian uh, fighters have just entered Poland and just got intercepted by F-35s. Um, they, they have new, they have um there's uh, it's pretty unconfirmed but they're thinking and they're like you, you've you have the internet sleuths right now um they're thinking that the uh balloons over the u.s were plotting for nuke attacks i mean there's just so much going on man can you, aliens just take a break man please <laughs> or at least show Either up and that, wipe out. Or come get us off this planet before they do that. You know, they're going to show up in my front yard and I'm going to be like, hey, I'll man. Style. I'm like, this week is pretty booked up. Can you come back next month? You yeah, know? Take me, take me off forever. Take me and just don't bring well, me back. Okay, <laughs> God, I've got some more series to binge before you take me. Hold on. <laughs> Yo, man. Okay, yeah. Can we, can we take it with us? Like that? I wasn't even thinking about <laughs> that. Are you guys that take okay. Do you guys have Wi-Fi shit, on your PlayStation? I mean, Do you have Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah. Can you let me? Can, can I take? Can I bring my chickens, man? Are <laughs> eggs expensive? Where we're going? You know that aliens my, can likely make kids. a copy of all of the internet as it is right now. In probably a minute, and copy yeah. them to their drives. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. All of them, all the internet, right. all of it. By the way, if all the internet were matter, it would be the size of a straw, like about this big. If it were what? physical matter, it's estimated to be about this big. I assume if, if that were like ultra dense matter, right? Like mm-hmm. like uh, dark like matter, so galaxy collapsing matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the quantum well, computers, then what do they look like? No, no, no. That's that's the representation of of electrical energy as mass. That's what I meant. Uh, that's what I mean. Like the quantum computers, what would they? What would theirs look like? Like, well, quantum computers different. just operate differently in relationship to mass. It's a whole different. And they're they're only big so they can be cold, not yeah. because yeah, yeah. It's got and like we're talking about data. We're not talking about the size of data servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... I've, I've I've actually uh, I've actually done some air conditioning work inside of one of those facilities no. that have that house nice that house stuff like that. And and you're right, it is. It's literally inside the duct, and it has to be so cold in there that you can see your own breath. But when you're standing anywhere within. A few feet of those servers, they're so frigging hot, like it's ridiculous. Like it's it's it's, it's, it's like a walk-in cooler for for like a little yes. processor about the size. Of, well, I mean, bigger than you'd have in your home, but oh, absolutely. Not much I'm bigger. sure reaching into another dimension to get information, <laughs> you might burn your hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like burn so your hand on the stove. <laughs> Luis, you got any final thoughts for me this evening, buddy? I appreciate you, even though you were late. I appreciate you jumping in for me this evening. Um. <laughs> uh, Firstly, go on Paranoid's page. That looks amazing. I'm going to get some of those amazing comics. Dude, I'm already in line to get some of the comics. And, myself. Yeah, if anyone gets anything, just drop a comment where you saw this, and I'll throw in a whole bunch of extra goodies for any of your listeners. It's, nice. it's, it's beautiful to create art around the question. You're creating art around how you build the question and how you entertain people as you help them 
understand that questioning is healthy, that questioning is part of the process of how we evolve as human beings on this earth, because in order for you to survive in an ever-changing environment, you have to understand where that change is coming from. And you build narratives that allow people to engage with the understanding of where those narratives come from, where they originate from. So you're doing right. great work, and I appreciate that. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Caitlin, you got any final thoughts for us this evening? Okay. I know you were late, too, and I'm going to bust y'all yeah. shops for, for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having us on, even though we were late. Hey, no, um, I just I love the conversations we have. We are an awesome group, if I do say so myself. Hey, I don't buy that pat on the back for sure. And I, I do appreciate you showing up. I know you even said you're going to try to at least make one a week here recently. So yeah. if this is the only time we see you this week, I appreciate it. If not, I look forward to seeing you again on that. Hopefully, and, we'll see. I'm going to try for twice a week. But we'll and you guys know that I'm going to have everybody's links, but I like to make sure that I give that the guest a chance to plug everything that they got going on. So. Yeah, we needed another hour for all the projects that I'm working on here. But yeah, this is a, a great place to start uh, or go to paranoidamerican.com. The only social media that I really kind of use is um, Instagram. So I post if you go to my Instagram, you'll see a bunch of weird AI art and stuff that's not even on the website. Um, but on the website, I've got comic books, coloring books, stickers, all kinds of very specific conspiracy theory oriented stuff. Yeah, and these are all... <laughs> Right now, we're showing some of my AI artwork. That one on the bottom left is if uh, Seinfeld covered Pizzagate. Uh, I'm going to try to make it a new Instagram. We, I think it's been long enough. Luis, Luis got us turned... Luis was our resident AI art guy and got us turned on to it and has turned on quite a few guests to it and stuff like that. And even If anyone's looking for more tools, I'll, I'll throw them out real oh, quick. You, so, you already gave me a few. Thank you. So Mid Journey, for sure. I think Mid Journey is the number one place if you've never done it before because it's tuned to just look good if you don't know what you're doing. Almost every other tool, you'll just kind of bumble around and it'll show you something ugly and you'll be like, oh, I guess I don't understand it and move on. Mid Journey will get you over that hump and inspire you. But then when you're ready to graduate... There's um, Mage Space, and all Mage Space is is just a uh, internet version of Stable Diffusion. But Stable Diffusion is the actual technology that basically starts with like an image of just fuzz, and it slowly iterates over many different things until it gets to the thing that you're telling it to describe. And then Mage Space has like 20 different models you can pick from that'll help you refine exactly what you're looking for. So if you're trying to make something cartoony or realistic or like pixel art or if it needs to look like painted art then you can be very more specific with mage space and pick the exact model mid journey is better at kind of like picking the right model behind the scenes by using fancy magic there's also dolly 2 which is the company uh, from OpenAI that makes chat gpt but dolly 2 is is probably got the best online interface so for example you take any picture you've got upload it to Dolly 2 and erase someone's face or like erase, you know, if they're holding a phone, you can just erase their hand and then just type in there and say like holding an ax, holding a whatever, you know, they've got a clown face or they've, they're wearing a crown and it just works. And I think like these little things where it's like, oh, wow, it was that easy and it looks that good. It'll just inspire you, but it'll also make you question is anything that I saw on the TV screen in the last 10 years was any of that real? And man, it's it'll yeah. you'll make it question like your entire reality. 
for sure. Yeah, I do no, that on daily and, basis anyway. So. <laughs> but I think I think that's more of a good positive on it and stuff like that when people can see how that stuff's created and maybe it will make them question things because you know you you can't truthfully say because I've seen it on TV that it's true because you never know nowadays. Like you, whether it's altering a person, mm-hmm. whether it's faking something that's going on, whether it's <laughs> We make the joke occasionally that Luis isn't even real. You know, he's probably just AI created in here for <laughs> hanging out with us and stuff. Just to, just to keep all you need is a three second on. sample, man. You can recreate. Oh, it yeah, I, I was just putting it in eleven labs for audio. That's that's that, that that's going to get scary. And honestly, that's been so advanced for so long. And I was gonna, you were mentioning it was Adobe that came out with it like seven years ago and then they took it out of the well, market they, they passed they kind of passed the torch a little bit uh and it'll go to like you'll notice a lot of this technology will start in china and then make its way over here uh-huh. and i really do feel like china's way ahead of the game in the ai um world more so than oh, europe or america is right now you look at any of the white papers on these ai algorithms stable diffusion variants and everything else yeah, even the one yeah, i mentioned yeah, the china's not pumping thing. out most of the china's pumping out a few but they're well, not even close to the quality not, not the country china but it's a lot of chinese scientists which will usually go into europe or go into the states and get their training um but again it's i almost see like mk ultra was the financing unit of a very tiny niche within the u.s military china like the entire country and government of china is mk ultra like they're just financing whatever they can if you're into something weird or kooky or crazy they're just gonna fund you so that they own the the products of that you're doing sounds like the ussr yeah i mean (laughs) much much Only the they, don't, they don't really have the money. They can't cover the tab. <laughs> That's the <laughs> difference. That's, oh, man. Man, you know, guys, tonight I think it's been an absolute fun night. I appreciate you coming on and joining us, and I hope you come back again and join us, man. Like we, This is the yeah. kind of fun you can always look forward to having over here, and you never know what kind of chaos we're going to get into. That's something I can definitely guarantee that goes on around here because each night it's something different, and each night it's something exciting. One thing, though, that we do have going on that's – a common thing that you can always look forward to is everything we have talked about tonight will be shared with this episode as well as all the links to get yourself back over to him and find all of his work all of his comics all of that get yourself an mk ultra pack pamphlet or whatever man i'm i know when payday comes around i'm probably going to be spending a little bit of money over there because there's some nice stuff going on over there myself that i'm really admiring and again i i want to reiterate what louis said and i appreciate the hard work you're putting into that kind of stuff man and love the love the idea of taking pop culture but turning it into something completely alternative and awesome kind of sticking it back against you know the current regimen of whatever the hell is going on and i you know i appreciate folks like you down here making the good fight fighting the good fight and continuing to do stuff like that and do look forward to having you back again so you guys Make sure you get over there and give him some love and tell him Jim Bob sent you. And like he said, he's going to try to hook you up with some extra stuff, man. So you guys make that's sure right, you man. Him. Extra stickers, all kinds of cool yeah, stuff. Man. Awesome. That's, oh, that's, 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 so and speaking of stickers, you guys know we're doing our Unconstitutional Awakening the podcast sticker giveaway. You can get you some of these sweet Unconstitutional Awakening podcast stickers if you can answer my pirate riddle. All you've got to do is go over there to unconstitutionalawakening.com and find this episode and underneath this episode, answer tonight's pirate riddle. So 
and that's also the place you'll find all these cool links that we shared tonight as well and stuff too. So, but tonight's pirate riddle, I think it's going to be a pretty easy one, you guys. So hopefully you guys can catch this. No cheating, no looking up. Hey, if you just want to answer it, however you come to answer it, but I would prefer (laughs) if you didn't look it up, that'd be cool. So these, these pirates do not endorse cheating. (laughs) So if you're a pirate and somehow you get into a fight, you would need to wear this if you lost half your sight. All right, you guys, go over there and make sure you get that question answered. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's weigh anchor and get out of here. Bye, everyone.